Yeah. Reason, reason, reason. Cheers. Thanks for coming on. Cheers. Thanks for having me, Dr. Gold. Kev Reason. What, uh, what attracted you to reggae music? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, boy, I, you know what? I'm, that's a that's a good question uh what attracted me to it i guess that i think i started with dance hall first because i my thing was hip-hop um still is to an extent um i was kind of like a four element guy hip-hop or you know um djing breakdancing freestyling graffiti although i could only do really do two of those four <laughs> um and so through hip-hop I think started getting into dance hall and then just over the years as I got older more listened to more just I don't know listen more dance hall got dug deeper into reggae it's like the never-ending well it just keeps going and going the digger you deep or the deeper you dig the more you find the uh you know the roots of hip-hop are in reggae and dancehall culture yeah of course man it's jamaica dj cool herc was jamaican you know brought that that sound system style back to the bronx um and the they called it toasting in jamaica you know where they were they had and uh in jamaica it's a dj like, like Selecta says, the DJ is superfluous. Um, yeah. So in 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 Jamaica, it's a DJ who's toasting over the rhythm, and so that translated well to the scene that was going on in the Bronx in what late seventies or whatever. Um, it translated, and you know, so yeah, it was definitely like a, a fusion. The place I saw it um, that was the most exciting was when I visited Belize, and I was there with my family. It was you know pretty mellow trip. We had this hotel, everything was secure and safe, but when I went out to kind of catch some fresh air and I was walking on the balcony, I could hear just very faintly this little just riff that I knew was Biggie Smalls. It was like 7, 8 p.m., whatever. And so I just started walking, and eventually I found my way to the dance hall, and it was the big, big cone speakers, like, you know, open, kind of like those big, giant horns. Yeah. And then um, the DJ was a woman named uh, Miss Blease, Linda Blease, who I'm still was dear that friends the, with. Was that the woman you, you like, uh, I think you... Did I connect you guys? Yeah, connect me on Instagram. Oh, I oh. heard said you, that she gave you a bunch of music. Yeah, a crazy yeah, was that, amount. Um, was that Blease City? or Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I was in, uh, my wife and I, when we got married, I we think. did like a late honeymoon. We went down to Key Cocker. Cool. Oh, man, Key Cocker was awesome. Like, yeah. my old roommate in Philly... He went down there with uh, some of the guys from, like, Federation Sound, I think, did a party down there. And uh, he was there for that, and he put me in touch with these guys, uh, Blue Wave Guest House. And so they did scuba diving tours, so we went down there. We got, we got certified. We took the class here in Pittsburgh and finished our certification in Tulum. Amazing. Where I know some people, they have a dive shop and and finish our certification. Then we, then we went to Key Cocker, and this was all, like, by bus and ferry we didn't drive any like no, no, we traveled yeah. through central america you know like Amazing. northern central america like by bus and and ferry boat it was <laughs> wild you're a real island boy <laughs> what are you doing in pittsburgh man yeah you know what but i spent all this time in mexico and belize and and still haven't been to jamaica like Whoa. i'm kicking myself because yeah. my roommate shout out harry uh young harrison he used to always go down to uh jamaica he'd stay in the grill for like a for like a month at a time and he'd hang with some of those dudes from federation like kenny mees well she fire just posted diplo's crib in jamaica on uh instagram yesterday my god (laughs) 
That's Sh- living. Shout out Philly. Diplo is from Philly. That's yeah. Well, he's from the south, I guess. Yeah. But he may really cut his teeth in music in in Philadelphia. Lived in Philly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some parties the, there. Yep, the Mad Decent crew. Yeah, South Rockus or I don't know Welshy Fire. Yeah, but yeah, you know he has like deep Florida roots, and then he's also I think originally from like serious South, like um mississippi or tuscaloosa so. alabama or one of those some wild girl that was dating <laughs> back in philly this is like 2000s or uh what did uh what did qrx call them the aughts or something yeah, like that? yeah, yeah. naughty aughties <laughs> I, that, I, I love that i yeah, never my heard buddy that carlton gold put me up on that with the i never time. heard that terminology before but yeah like <laughs> 2000s and uh i was dating this girl she was crazy and apparently she was at some one of those diplos parties and yeah. like Broke a drink and almost got in a fight with him or wow. something. This bounce. was before he was like, yeah, yeah. The bounce is like yeah, my favorite bounce. Philly this party. This was before Those he was like, amazing. you know, mega crazy yeah, 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 DJs, yeah, yeah, yeah. famous yeah. guy now. But. He came here and played Laga, okay. um, 2003, 2004. And, or like, I think Laga died. It was over 2004, so maybe 2003. There was this big uh, article on the Pittsburgh nightlife scene that came out today in City today? Paper. Ah, ah, there's people are upset. I'm sure Ari I Cole I'm, posted. I'm sure I didn't. I'm she didn't sure hit, hit the list. It was all sure history. Not. It was all Pittsburgh history, which uh, was what was cool about it. Like uh, they were talking cool. about the Syria mosque. They were talking about um, this jazz venue in the hill that's still around. It's 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 gone, but like the building is still there. I have to go check it out. They were talking about Laga. They were talking about um, Electric Banana, which is now uh, Zara's, the restaurant mm. in Oakland. Um, A lot of these, I think, predate me. <laughs> How did you end up here? Like, how did here you in, end up in Pittsburgh? I moved here in 2014, so I think I just missed Shadow Lounge, which is probably where I would have been. That's probably would have been my my spot um, yeah. from everything that I've heard, hip-hop, yeah. reggae, yeah. you know. Uh, so I moved here after that. I got here, though, and New Amsterdam was still cool. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I moved here for work. But there was a void when you got here for the like in the reggae world that you were able to fill. Well, not just me, but well, there was, it was going on, but so my understanding, so I'm kind of like through graffiti, like you have to learn the history. Like when you move somewhere, you got to learn the history. You know what I mean? Like I've lived in a bunch of different cities, like uh, Philly, Atlanta here. Um, So you learn like through graffiti, you learn the history. So for the music, I'm learning the reggae history here. And so it it used to be huge here. Like in the eight, you know, Bob Marley did his last concert here at the Syria mosque. Oh, was that where it was? I'm yeah. pretty confident. See, I don't. I pretty don't know damn that, confident. But. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then so which is was... in Oakland, and okay. it's a fucking parking lot. It is so infuriating. It's a parking lot. It's now. a UPMC parking lot, man. Oh. They let it. They let it get bulldozed in '92. That's an ads, and it was man. under uh, Sophie Masloff. I think was Sophie Masloff administration, which is like hurts me personally because she's Jewish and whatever. But um. Fuck, man, we lost some amazing, yeah. amazing, amazing spots. It's a UPMC parking lot, directly opposed. If you're wondering the like exact spot where it is, it's across from the Athletic Association, and it's Kitty Corner. Is that a word? Catty Corner? I don't know. I don't know also, about Kitty Corner. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a daycare. <laughs> sounds like bullshit. Catty <laughs> <laughs> Corner. Catty Corner, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. It's across also. From Soldiers and Sailors. So if you're at uh, Soldiers okay. and Sailors. I know Sailors, where Soldiers and Sailors is, yeah. You're looking across the street, that parking lot right there, it's just like that was I lived in Oakland when the I first, jazz center of the of the Midwest. When I first when I first moved here, I lived in Panther Hollow. It was the duckiest crib with my oh. homie from Philly. And we lived there and it was dope. And then I got a spot in Lawrenceville, like upper, upper Lawrenceville, <laughs> almost to the bridge. Um <laughs> but yeah, so fifties, sixties. Pittsburgh had this big 
reggae scene, like the eighties and nineties, there was all these different bands. Um, you know, the flow band, some of them are still around the flow band. Mm. Um, and there was, I don't know all the, you know, um, what are they called? Swamp band, I think. And what else was there? There was, there was a couple different, and some of these musicians are still around a lot. A lot of them ended up in truth and rights, which is kind of like a band that yeah, I, yeah. that I gig with. Um, Shout out truth and rights. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're always at your parties. Yeah. Yeah. Do parties with them. Um, that's so there's I met this, you. That's how I met you. First yeah, time big, I met you was at truth and rights show. Well, I didn't know that truth and rights how, would be there. they were opening for ghost funk orchestra. So yes, yeah, so, the government center. Oh, that's, that is where I met you. Yeah, that's right. Through cat. Shout out Kat. Oh yeah. What up? Uh, Lucy Analog. Little Lucy Analog on Instagram. Go give her a follow. Yeah. Yeah. She's there. Bringing people together. Uh, oh. Connecting folks. Yeah. Especially DJs and stuff. But, um, so, so yeah, through, so there is, there was a scene, there is a scene here. It was going on, but it was highly, um, just kind of all the Jamaicans, Caribbean people are out on the East side and doing their dance hall thing. East side meaning the East end. No, further, like Homewood and Penn Hills out okay. that way. Okay. And that still goes on. And um, But the rest of the city really wasn't doing any reggae. I was doing a night for a long time at Gus's. Do you remember Gus's? It sounds familiar. Is it uh, East Lib? Uh, Lawrenceville. It's now, it, it was North Park Lounge, and now it's uh, No Names Pub. Cool. It's okay. over there by Barb's Country Kitchen on Butler, <laughs> like by the cemetery. I don't know. Don't, uh, no, don't. But it was a crazy spot. Like it was kind of hood. That's why I kind of liked it. And the owner was a cokehead maniac, George. Shout out George. <laughs> but uh, I worked for some of those. He was shout like, out Gabe. Shout out Aspar <laughs> Gabe. Let's go. He was somehow related to the um, people that own that um, <laughs> the place up in Shadyside, like something Harris Grill. Oh, dope. I miss that spot so much. I used to live across the street from there on Ellsworth. What were those? Fro- I used to live underneath 5801. I used to DJ for my rent. Oh, yeah. What for were like those? Three fro- years. They had those fro- frozen something. Well, they had that brunch buffet, which was just murderous with the unlimited bacon and like man i I went there once for a drink but oh yeah this table's outside like that was living man i can't believe they didn't make it it's crazy to me that they didn't make it but maybe it had to do with management now that you yeah well i don't think he wasn't yeah he was doing this thing down Uh, gus's but so i had this reggae taco tuesday and the pittsburgh taco truck used to come dope and then he they got into some business arrangement i don't think it worked out well but it was dope. So we did Reggae Taco Tuesdays every two. I was doing a weekly back when I had the energy and time to do a weekly gig. <laughs> but it wasn't, you know, it was hit or miss. It was a cool spot, good music, and just, you know. Um, so that lasts about a year. And then I didn't do anything for a while. And there was kind of, there, there was like, wasn't, besides what was going out in the East End, which I, or East Eye, which I wasn't clued in with yet because I hadn't met Rasta Bob. Rasta Bob from Truth and Rights is kind of like the one that introduced me to all like you know, Jamaican and Caribbean people out here. Not all of them, but yeah. put, got me into the scene. I reached out to him uh, to get Truth and Rights to play uh, Reggae at Riverview. Amazing. What a great show. I just found such them. a great community. Just like so many amazing, cool people. You got the bikers, that, like the bicycle yeah. people that uh, advocate for um, changing the you know street ordinances around Pittsburgh. I forget what they're called. Pedal power or something. Walk ride north side, I think. There yeah. you go. You got like. Bike, P- uh, bike Pittsburgh. I think they yeah. donated the bike racks. Oh, dope, dope. And then the, it's just the like event. there's little vendors. <laughs> there's people with tie dye joints. There's people with rocks and crystals. But it's just everybody's there so positive yeah free free to the people that's the main thing free to everybody oh wow so there was no cover 
No, a completely free festival, yeah. So, and we, how do this you make it work? Th- <laughs> <laughs> I saw you out there with the plunger trying to fix pocket. the bathrooms. <laughs> I'm like, oh. man, like you should be hanging out. <laughs> Does anybody, if anybody's watching this, they want to donate or donate their time, you know, hit me up. Um, yeah, that was one of the problems with the, this year. It This year was great. Uh, bathrooms was an issue. That was like out yeah. beyond my control. Yeah. But it started out as like a party during after the pandemic. I think we still, so this was the third year. So we started out in 2021. Yeah. Um, after a year of the pandemic, I just wanted to do a party for my friends outside to spread the love of reggae came up with reggae at Riverview. Cause I, you know, I'm, I live on the North side, I love Riverview park. And so I just, I, I don't know how, I mean, I think I had seen truth and rights, you know, seen them perform and just like somehow found Rasta Bob's information online somewhere and like reached out, called him. He's like, I was like, is this, he's like, yeah, this is Rasta Bob. He's like, yeah, we'll play. I forget how much they charged me, like 300 bucks or something. They played at Reggae Riverview and then we became close friends and, you know, introduced me a bunch of people. Oh, Green Rose Sound. Yes. So Fitzroy and DJ Sizzla, he introduced me to them. And they kind of like, you know what I mean? So that's how. That's the crew. Yeah. Is there a name for it or or uh, not really? Like their crew? Truth Green, and Rights, Green, Rose, Green Rose, and you. Like, it's like the Pittsburgh Reggae uh, yeah. Mafia or something. <laughs> yeah. PRM. Pittsburgh Reggae Fest, because we did, not this past year, it just was too, we couldn't get it off the ground. But the year before, we did Pittsburgh Reggae Fest. And apparently, yep. this was a big thing in the past and before I was involved with it. So yeah. we, we did it um, over in Verona. Uh, shout out TOC Jerk Center. Uh, Tony has this spot, and it's come a long way. It used to be just like a little spot in the woods along a creek in Verona, and now it's like a full-on venue. Oh, so we did Pittsburgh Reggae Fest there two years ago, and he, uh, Bob brought in the Meditations, cool. um, you know, cool. like old school Jamaican band, still touring. They were awesome, and so that was really dope. Um, I'm trying to think where I was going with that, but who knows? I loved. Um... So, um, so I also love when you the show at the marina. What is it? Eleven seven. Oh, uh, ten point seven marina. Yeah, ten point seven marina. Reminds are, me of that. Close. There are close friends. Yeah, that's also so out dope. In Verona. Uh, Kelly Great Jane vibes. and Ray, who run that place, they're so awesome. They built that place from the ground up, pretty much. Yeah, you and can like, tell they're doing it right. Yeah. They've got the pizza truck. They've got like really cool people behind the bar like it seems like a family operation it totally is but it's unfortunate that like you know they're struggling because like people don't know about it or if they do they don't want to they don't want to go 10 minutes outside the city even though you just go up allegheny river boulevard and you just you know it's it's not that far but people to people it's a it's a it's a ways away like to be honest i don't go through the tunnels very often i feel you yeah bridge and bridges um, and tunnels are challenging in pittsburgh and um that's something that femi and, and wade talked about a lot is like if we do a show in allentown if we do a show like in the south hills so you know it's going to be 50 percent as many people are going to be willing to go like our east end crew is not going to show up our north side crew is not going to show up they're not going to cross two rivers. i have struggled just getting people out to the north side <laughs> you know i live on the north side yeah uh, 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 my buddy koof and uh, christine elise played on the north side He's got kind of a reggae sound. I don't know if you know him, Kufnot, also a Philly guy. Nah, should know him. To, should know Kufnot. me up. I don't know. Great guy. So um, I missed the show. I went after work. I got out of work at like 7 p.m. I don't know how you go to the shows as you do with a family, bro. Trying, man. We got to talk about that. It's like how having a family has changed whole what another. you think it's about like, with yeah. music and how you think about your career and life. And Well, let me get... Hold on. I just want to say one more thing about 10.7 Marina. Yeah. It is just a great spot. I don't know which one you came for, but we did some killer... We did too. We did some killer shows there this summer. And shout out to... I can't... Not just me. It's actually... I was just tagging along. Um, 
my friend Jake. Um, he's uh, Root Sessions, uh, mm. and he also goes by High Pressure. Um, he like Root Sessions. They were doing that, and I just kind of help him with that. And like we collaborated on some of the events. Yeah, and, like uh, we brought down Green Lion Crew from Maine. Uh, that was amazing. It was like the kickoff party for Reggae at Riverview this year. It was just, it was just amazing. That's all I can say. He killed it. Like everybody killed it. And then we brought out our my friend Kinky P from Chicago, Beat Down Sound, just last month. And unfortunately, the weather killed us. Uh, like nobody came out, and she was amazing. Yeah, she's super professional. Uh, and we just hung out. She's like my friend. We went and dug at the attic for like three hours on Saturday cool. morning and hung out, went to Kaya, had drinks, and then we ended up at the marina uh, and like just had a great party and just party with just our family and friends. Yep. Unfortunately, most people missed it because people didn't come out because of the weather, but it was just a great show. She was a professional. She did a killer set, didn't, you know. It's just, awesome. Uh, I went and saw Alpha Steppa. He's, I don't know if you know him. No. Nah. He's an amazing, like, uh, British uh, dub, you know, UK. I know Low Steppa. UK Steppas, I don't know that. Low Steppa, yeah. Uh-uh. It's a dubstep artist, I okay. believe, yeah. So Alpha Steppa You don't like- cross over into the dubstep world too much. Do I? It, you don't, yeah. Mm. Once that LFO gets introduced, you're like, no, I, I mean, much. I like a little bit of dubstep, like moon, Moonshine um, moonshine Records and, like, some a little bit. Like, not too much. Yeah. You're more hip-hop. Or hip hop. You want like 90, 90 beats per minute. But Alpha Steppa, I saw him. He's like does plays in front of thousands of people all across Europe, across the world tours. Yeah. And I saw him in Philly at House of Roots on Sound System. And uh, there was probably 30 people there. It was this uh, one art community center in West Philly. It's like cool. a Rasta community. Like they do permaculture and all that. Really cool. <laughs> it used to be called the Wall Street. Um, we saw Luke Giano there, me and my boy Harry, like years ago, back in the day in West Philly. But so now the House of Roots does these sound system shows there. Alpha Steppa was there, and there was like thirty people there, and he just <laughs> demolished it. Like, and I asked him, I was like, "Well, you play in front of thousands of people, what, like?" And he's like, "It's no different." I was like, "There's mm. not that many people here." He's like, "It's no different," you know. Mm. And he just he it was like an amazing set. Like he, I like to say, he played the sound system like an instrument. Like if I don't know if you've ever been to like a real sound system show, like on a hand built, like you know, like hand built speakers. They have um, you know, your your lows, your mids, and your highs. They're all separate separate channels. You basically they they separate it out. Like normally our power speakers, it's it's all you know. I add a sub, but I have power speakers. It's all kind of together. Yeah. But on a sound system, you know, they separate it out. You got your lows, your mids, and your highs, and maybe your you know there might be another like low mid. So you have a crossover basically. Yeah. And so, like a three-channel crossover, and they have a, a crossover pre- with six outs or something. Preamp, and they have a big preamp and yeah. all these different effects. And so, the best sounds they 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 use those speakers like an instrument is mm. the best way that I can describe it. You have to see it to like understand it. And so it like crescendos up and like you know in front of thirty people. And it was like a crazy experience. It was like a cloud of weed smoke and. Uh, <laughs> Incense, they I forget the name of the Nog Champa or whatever. Not Nog Champa, but the other one. Uh, oh, uh, Palo Palo Santo. I forget. It's, yeah, it's one but the um, yeah, some smell uh, patchouli. I don't know. There's a no, lot. Ooh, no patchouli. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's important to mention. Obviously, you know this because you're the you know historian of the culture. But for people that are listening, it was about the sound system. It wasn't so much about skills as a DJ because nobody knew how to DJ. In fact, it was only one turntable for a long time. And it wasn't until Grandmaster Flash that anybody really started 
breaking down the breakbeats where somebody would play the same section of a record back and forth, the merry-go-round, as he called it, in, you know, early 80s probably, right? Like 81 or something like that. And maybe earlier, like late 70s. But before that, it was a battle between who could have the biggest sound system. Yeah, it happened the, in the, the loudest, the biggest, uh, you know, I've read lots of books about it. Like in Jamaica, there was crazy. I mean, they were doing it before reggae. They've been doing it since like the 50s, you know, these <laughs> massive. In order to have a big sound, sound system, system, you had to have protection. And so sure. there's you always had been money. You had to have people to help you lift it. Exactly. You know, build it. You had to know electricians, engineers. Like, I mean, a lot of it, so they figured true. out on their own, but like. Tapping into the electrical poles. So like in the Bronx, it was about like knowing somebody who knew how to get into the electric, into the street lights where you could crack in and access yeah. city power in it's the park. Kind of like It's kind of like probably like those big squatter parties they do in London or used to do in London and the big, I probably still do in some areas, but like a big warehouse. I don't know if you've seen that movie, uh, what was it Babylon? No. Did you ever see that? Oh, that sounds crazy. It's like uh, this movie from the eighties in, in London or in England. And it's uh Brinsley Ford from Aswa, Josh Shaka's in it. It's, it's like just a crazy uh, movie about sound system. Yeah, mm. Check it out. Yeah, I'd love to watch that. So, yeah, so, so, but yeah, but one, the point one is, turntable. Yeah, exactly, exactly. One turntable, big record collection. So, number one, you had to have access to the records. Like, you had to have money in order to get the records. You had to have connections in order to find the records. A lot of them were just in the UK, were just overseas. Like, you had to, you know, know someone who knew someone. A lot of them were just in, in Jamaica, whatever. But then you needed to have security. And that's like the point I'm trying to make is that it couldn't just be one dude that was just up there playing a USB drive because he like has a bunch of cloud online. Cause he's good at making reels. Like you had, you can't oh, just like, run your, they'd run. Yeah. They'd, they'd bust be done, tear bro. down. Somebody your sound. Would grab your shit. Right. So, so you had to actually be a charismatic, like trustworthy individual, somebody who people looked up to and somebody who had a, a gang. I mean, really, truly like that's what Africa Bambata had, right? He had a gang. Well, probably same in the Bronx. Yeah. Same in the Bronx, same in Jamaica. Same what cool. Herc, yeah, right. Cool. Herc had a gang of people who would show up and there'd be 20 people on stage. Yeah. When you, when you, you know, you read anything about Duke Reed the Trojan or whatever, like he was a big man not to be fucked with, you know, he, apparently he's an ex-police officer, he carried a gun, you know, like he had enforcers, Cox and Dodd had his own people, you know, Studio One, um, all these guys, Tubby's, you know, King Tubby uh, was in Waterhouse ghetto of Kingston, you know, it's just crazy. I, I, I don't know. I just, all I can do is read books about it and I can experience sound system now. I don't know if we want to talk about that, but I travel around to go find sound systems. Yeah, I'd love to hear about it. Like, I I hear about, I mean, Cobra in Pittsburgh um, was like, uh, I guess my buddy Bamboo said he has the best sound system in Pittsburgh at Cobra. Um, you mean the the bar? Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, yeah, but that's like a little a function, different. Like, as far as, yeah. Function like, one or like, whatever. Oh, well, uh, what's our um, sub sanctuary who we work with at Root Sessions? They have the function one speakers that they bring out for us when we do the gigs. Um, but so yeah, uh, Derek from Cobra, you know, Cantina, I used to work at Cantina back in the day. Yeah. Round, um, round corner Cantina. Yeah. It's, it used to spin out in the chalet back there. Yeah. Speaking of fun. having kids, last time my wife and I were out with, with the crew, you know, with our two babies, we were trying to find a place to eat in that neighborhood. We went from one restaurant to another, just like, yeah, no, <laughs> it's like this anti like humanist. It's very like anti children atmosphere you walk into round corner canteen and the lady the the maitre d like looked at us and started laughing <laughs> like there were mad empty tables but they were just in lawrenceville bro they were not gonna let us eat 
anywhere. We had to eat outside. It was like 35 degrees. We had to eat outside these little pita wraps at the little pita station because it was just like. Well, I went to. <laughs> Sorry, because I have babies, I bro. I have, I have a kid, so I know. Like, I get it. Like, so we went. We went to the Halloween, the Halloween parade, like a couple weeks ago in in Bloomfield. Yeah, it's my first time going. Like, I guess they didn't have it for a couple years because oh of the shit, I saw a bunch of cars getting towed for that shit. Yo, so we went, and my <laughs> shout out to Kelly Jane from Ten Point Seven Marina. Like, her son is my son's best friend. Like, they they get along. Like, so anyway, we she's like, right tradition is go to Tesseros, which I had never been to either, mm. and then go to the the Bloomfield, the Halloween parade. So I was like, all right, can we? We'll crash your tradition. So we met them at Tesseros, and the lady like that's the place busy. with the burgers, right? Yeah, oh, and they man, put that us place out, is sick. They put it. Luckily, it was warm. They put us out in the back, like outside. And thank God they did, because my son and her son, they're just going nuts, throwing <laughs> shit and yelling. <laughs> And I'm like, and it's a packed restaurant, so like, there was only one other table outside. So yeah. if we had been inside, it would have been. Dude, they're animals. No like, there's yeah. there needs to be, like, <laughs> special restaurants where children are allowed, where people go and know Chuck, what they're Chuck getting into. E. Yeah, literally. No, like, uh, you know, Dave and Buster's. Like, that's where we went like this weekend. Nice. And it's like, yeah, there needs to be. They, we need to be isolated. <laughs> We need to be separated from the flock. Or room. maybe or maybe it's just normal to have fucking kids because if we don't have kids, the entire species no, but is nobody, going to disappear, bro. Yeah, but you don't I don't not fault any of my <laughs> friends that don't have kids because you don't know until you know. Like you don't just have no idea. Like I was one of those and like I had some friends that had kids. I had no absolutely no idea <laughs> until I had my own. Like Yeah, but at the same time, you get to fifty five, sixty 65 and you start looking around like hey, I, I guess can have a kid at that that's age that's all there is yeah oh yes yeah. <laughs> you and me <laughs> I, I don't want to <laughs> i'm gonna be old enough when my kid's a teenager but yeah yeah we got started late speaking We're of, of the you know, i was boat. telling you about the injury man yeah. <laughs> from lifting my kid it's like yeah. i've had a lot of injuries you gotta in lift my, with your knees and, oh my god remember my, that I, that's like, clutch especially with the babies and also, like, I haven't been able to do anything like for that. Was the, the past, main like, four days. like piece of advice I gave to my uh, sibling when they told me they were, you know, that their partner was pregnant or whatever. I'm like, look, the main thing with babies is ergonomics. When you set up that changing table, they'll get, sell you all kinds of bullshit furniture, bullshit like setups. That's not what you need. You need to be able to do everything with just bending your knees. And not on the floor, like yeah, no, I was doing. I was doing the, like that. my boy. Now he's getting up, like probably. I don't even know what he weighs now. Thirty five, forty pounds. Yeah, yeah. So we're and, in the same and boat. him and his buddy too. And I'm going like this, up and down on these bunk beds when we we're camping this weekend. Up and down. And then the one morning I woke up and I'm like, I can't fucking move. Yeah, dude. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. You gotta use your. Still gotta use those legs. But. I was bouncing on the trampoline with mine today. I felt it every uh, time I jumped. I was at trampoline alt- here. Altitude at the. The trampoline park. Oh, damn. But every time, that's literally where I just came from. We did Altitude Park, got him a bag of cookies, and then on the way home, he started screaming, I want ice cream! Ah! Oh, yeah, so they just... know what they want. You can't change their mind. <laughs> so I, I dropped him off at the... Your uh, son's what? He's four. four. Yeah, yeah. So oh, we so went my, into... He's just a little ahead. He's, what, my son's three and a half, so... Yeah, they're like the same ball game, man. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. They, they get it in their head, and you can't change their mind. There's nothing. Nothing to it. So I don't like saying no. I'm a pushover, man, but you know what? They only get to live once. Like, it's just one time that they get to be four. And there's, oh, yeah, I don't know. I was having a, I guess, I don't know if I was having a dream or what. I've been out of it since this injury, but, like, (laughs) having a dream, like, oh, my God, like, uh, I need to, like, enjoy. And I tell myself this all the time. He's only little, he's only this small, like, once, you know, like, this is the cutest, like, watch, I think I was watching something, and there was, like, a little boy on it. Oh, 
Lord of the Rings because I've been like laid up, so I was watching the movie Lord uh, of the Hobbit? Rings. I'm a big, I'm a big Lord of the Rings nerd. But um, oh, me too. You know about so, Silmarillion? Oh God, yeah, man. No oh, way. Yo, have you? Did you watch the? I've got Prime just so I could watch the. Oh yeah, the, the new TV show. Yeah, the yeah Lord of the Rings thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah we got into the it. Name of it. But it's yeah, called, it's kind of ba- loosely based on Silmarillion. Yeah, I read all the books at one point. I can't. I, I can tell you everything that happened in the Hobbit, Lord of the Rings. So I what's can't the, tell you the what's other the greatest? But I was talking about like how out of the four, Hobbit Fellowship. Two Towers, Return of the King. What's your choice if you had to pick one of the four? Of the books? Yeah. Oh, man, I don't know. You can't do the three. You have to pick you one. You can't do the three together. have to pick one. The strongest book. And I'll, kn- I'll know how to judge you based on your answer. <laughs> I thought this was a judgment-free No, so. not at all. Not at all when it comes to Lord of the Rings, bro. I didn't um, have a TV growing up. I'd say it's a close call between... Um, so... I, the Hobbit is all in one, man. It's, I mean, it's a classic, but the Lord of Rings are way are like to an extent better. But but if I had to pick one of them, so that's why I was like the the Hobbit's like it's by itself, it's just awesome. So Lord of the Rings, there's three together, and they're like it takes it to like Hobbit on crack. Uh, but I don't know which one had Tom Bombadil. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the first one. The Fellowship yeah, of the Fellowship Ring is probably introduced the Shire. Yeah, 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 dude. yeah, yeah. And the and the Shire, you know, descriptions in the Fellowship are dope, but it's limited. What I'll tell you is the two you like towers. When they're going through the, when they're going through the strongest or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because it's one of the it's one of the greatest descriptions of brotherly love, fraternity in any literature which, which ever written. Because I was just watching Two Towers last night. Yeah, it's it's how Sam. And Frodo is how Sam cares for Frodo. Yeah, I didn't like how it goes in the movies though. Like it was almost like well, the movie uh, is trash. What? What's the guy? Sean Frazier? Or yeah, no, forget Sean, about the movies, yeah, man. Like, but well, but when you read well, that the book, the movies are still good. Like the books are fi- by far better. But if you watch a movie, like there's nothing really movie that compares with those though either. Even though it's crazy how he did, yeah. Is it what's Peter the guy's? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, unbelievable. I mean, the amount of effort they put into it well, to get all like the action sequences, Lego loss, stringing oh, six God. arrows on his bow, the, the elves, is, how perfect like, they look, Galadriel's mirror. It's incredible. Yeah, the Palantirs, when, like, come on. When you, but the only problem is, like, I had this vision in my brain after I read the books sure. and like of what everything looked like, the monsters, sure. the mythology, sure. everything, and then and then you read that and, or you see that, and it's like, well, he, they had their own vision about the orcs, the Urukai, and sure. all that stuff. Sure. And so it is what I think he had a great vision. It's just not what my vision would have been for some of it. But uh, I was watching it like I'm a sensitive fool. So I was watching like, uh, you know, Arwen, she's trying to decide to go to. And this isn't even in the books. It's just in the movie. She's deciding not to sail across the sea so she can be with Aragorn. And she has the vision of what her kid is going to look like. And he's like our kid's age. So I was like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? That's my son's age. Do you ever see 127 hours? Uh-uh. Yeah, the climbing guy, uh, Is that Aaron Ralston, cut, cut yeah, off cuts his, off his arm. Cuts off his arm. He has his. visions of his unborn child, which uh, saves his life. Like when he sees, sorry for the spoilers for everyone who hasn't seen it, but if he, honestly, I've talked <laughs> about this. He like cuts his arm times. off and he escapes. No, literally, like when he's trying to, he's like dehydrating, drinking his own piss, whatever, like trying to buck up the courage to cut his arm off with this dull knife, which is all he has. And the only thing that gets him through is he realizes he hasn't procreated yet. Like he hasn't spread his genetic material. And he has this vision of the fact that he's going to be a dad someday. He starts seeing himself playing with his own kid who's about four. And, <laughs> and that gets him to the place where he can do it. Right? He can, yep. Get the courage. And, and he does become I a be father. Honest, so like, I, I like with climate change and everything else, like I was, we were so close to not having a kid, you know, finding a partner is what think, kept me here in Pittsburgh. Yeah. 
like once I met my to be wife, who is my wife now, like uh, yeah, yeah, Katie, yeah. shout out Katie. Um, what, I she's was, amazing, by the way. Thank you. Oh, yeah, so I'm cool. gonna leave. She su- supports me, like supports my endeavors. <laughs> as uh, yeah, she's a great mom and everything else, and yeah, takes care of us. But um, so yeah, I was about to leave Pittsburgh, and then I met her, like, cause it was it's yo Pittsburgh's a hard city to date in. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have an ex- at, well, I guess I experienced it in college. Um, I didn't have any trouble. I guess. That was a long time ago. So, so here's the thing about babies and, and being eco-friendly. So first of all, babies are not eco-friendly. The like diaper situation on its own is insane. Like it's psychotic to have a, a, like a thing in your house that's just trashing hundreds of diapers a month and just, it's all going in the, in the, the volume gar- of garbage. trash that it's my house generates now since we've had a kid has like quadrupled. Uh, like I've, we didn't used to generate that much I trash. I feel terrible. I have, you know, I have two and we did, uh, Wash cloth diapers at first. Ooh, fuck that. <laughs> at first, nobody does that for more than well, a month. We did it for we did it for probably closer to a year, maybe. Amazing, bro. Once he had to go to daycare, that was out. Yeah, yeah it's out. So no daycare. So yeah, I mean, we fill up three diapers. full trash cans. Our neighbors are doing like one, and yeah, I feel bad. But here's the deal: you could have Elon Musk, bro. Like your baby could be the one who brings back the electric car, who gets us <laughs> off this fucking planet and oh. finds us another home in case this planet really does go to shit like no there, you could no, have the kid who invents no, the bacteria who discovers the mold sex that can machina, god plastic in the, god in in the, the fucking ocean we need to do sex machina we, yeah do sex machina god in the machine technology is going to save us it, like it's yeah. got to be it's going to be some combination of that but like we can't go to like elon musk oh we're going to go colonize mars because we're going to fuck this planet up no we only got one planet well, That's, it doesn't make any sense all the billions of trillions of dollars and Lives lost and everything else. What about a solar flare just takes it out? Go to Mars. What if an asteroid comes and takes us out? It doesn't have to be us. No, we're already taking ourselves out. Like, but if we do make it, eventually something will happen. We do need to prepare. No, we need to save the planet that we're on. If if we get taken out by an asteroid, that's kind of like you just it happens. It's something you (laughs) can't. It's just like just whatever. If I I walk in front of, if I like walk out of my house and I get nailed by it, consider this. You know, it's possible. I think it's very unlikely, but it's possible that we are the only intelligence in the entire universe. Imagine that. No, I I think it's incredibly unlikely, but there is a possibility, and if that's true. The fact that we represent that little flame, that flickering candle flame in the midnight with the wind I didn't realize barking we were so, down. Uh, human centric, where like we're the, well, what the uh, fuck humans else are is the there? center of the universe and we're <laughs> we are everything and like everything ones. revolves around us, you know. Uh, I think I a planet know. devoid of intelligence, of in, of of consciousness is a pretty sad and, and not just planet, a universe devoid of consciousness intelligence of consciousness would be very sad yeah i can't imagine i mean we're just, we just don't know we know such a small amount about our i mean look at what's going on in the world we're killing each other still for thousands of years we can't figure this shit out like it's just i don't know i think there's a lot of hope man i'm very hope i'm very hopeful i'm, I'm bullish on on humanity i'm very bullish on humanity i think you know, obviously we're doing a lot of dumb shit, but also things have improved so fast. The amount of poverty that's been eliminated in the last 200 years, it's been unbelievable. Yeah, Capitalism won, bro. It's incredible. 
Yeah, I'm not. I mean, hey, I'm not gonna sit here and be like, I'm a communist, you know, <laughs> or whatever. But like, I, I like my cappuccinos as much as the next yeah. guy. I like grinding my beans every morning and having a coffee. I have three coffees a day or four coffees, depending on how much sleep I got. Um, but yeah, and I drive a truck, you know. So. Oh, nice. But, yeah, I didn't get to um, see no, your we car don't drive. We don't drive that much, uh, to be honest. We I yeah. live in the city. I leave my trucks parked cool. most of the time. We ride bikes. My wife works on transportation, like so uh, bike ped stuff, and uh, you know, so cool. Um, yeah, no, we we try and we try. I try and walk the walk. I, I mean, that's what brought me out here. I think we didn't get all the way there, but I moved out here for work. I moved out here to regulate uh, fracking, oil and gas. I work for wow. the Department of Environmental Protection. Is my career. I've made a career out of trying to protect the environment so. so cool man yeah fracking does seem like a very bad idea to me i i'm like again like um i i feel like i have a kind of a balanced approach on energy and everything and like yeah it'd be pretty bad to be like the european countries like germany and and have to go begging to russia, russia for yeah. gas you know like whatever you know, ukraine blew up that pipeline it's so <sighs> wild like well, good so on them. Did, yeah. However, I was just thinking about when I saw, I was like, "Oh my god, how much methane is releasing into the atmosphere right now?" Crazy, but we man. had our own shit right here in Pennsylvania. So, Rager Mountain, just out bad, by yeah. Johnstown, is a it's an underground natural storage facility. I don't want to get into. No, it. I do. This is crazy. I'd love so to hear it's about an this. underground natural gas storage facility where they pump billions of cubic feet of gas into the ground. Like it's it's it doesn't make any sense. If you don't know, you're like, "Why would they do that?" So they drill a gas well. They go thousands of feet down. They suck out all the gas. And then they pump it back underground. Why would they do that? But apparently they do that because that's how fracking works, right? They create these. Well, they they, they have so much gas, high pressure water that they shoot down there in order to yeah. break up the rocks, and then they well, suck out. So let me. But they the poison one. the groundwater. Yeah, that's me, what I'm let crazy. Let me finish about. the one. Let me finish the one thought. So the, uh, they they draw it out of the ground, and then they pump it back in to the ground to store it for times of high demand. So in the summertime, people what? aren't heating their houses, so they got too much gas. So they have to store it somewhere because you can't just put it in. This pipeline. is natural gas. Natural gas. And so they, Pennsylvania has all these depleted rock formations because we've been drilling oil and gas here for so long. So they pump it back down into the ground. And then in the wintertime, they pull it out. So one of these storage fields, we've got a bunch around here. There was there was an accident that happened in California a couple of years ago. It's called Aliso Canyon, where it spewed millions and billions of cubic feet of gas into the atmosphere. Well, it happened right. Something similar happened right here outside Johnstown. It's called Rager Mountain. Just last. That's summer. the one that was like burning for. And it it no, it wasn't burning. It just was shooting the, the one of these wells that that was storage field that was supposed to hold the gas underground. And then at the times when they need it, they pulled out. It gave way, and the, it was just shooting Is gas in the natural atmosphere. It's methane. A is it a gas at at room temperature or is it liquid? No, it's a gas. It's a, it's a gas. Natural yeah, gas meth- is gas. Methane. So you know, I think it's it has to be. I don't know how cold to to make it a solid. Like there, super, yeah, I think they cold. do transport it as a liquid. Well, it's yeah, like natural gas, natural, liquid. So it yeah, has to be at under gas. under pressure and and chilled so yeah, yeah they, that's, that's how, how they, they transport, transport it, it to europe but that's not it's not efficient you know they they transport it to all over the north from here to the northeast to wherever lng it's called liquefied natural gas Well, that's that they have to take the natural gas from here and take it to a port like baltimore or new orleans and process it to get it liquefied and put it on a ship a specialized ship and take it to europe or asia wherever so pennsylvania is the number two natural gas producing state in the country Wow. Behind, After Alaska? Behind which state? No, no. Texas? Yeah. 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 But anyway, I, enough about work. Wild. I was a crazy investigator. Not a crazy investigator. I wasn't. Why? Well, I'm crazy. Well, I was an investigator up until I just recently, three weeks ago, that's why I've been super busy, went back to oil and gas. I was an investigator for the past five years working on all, all these environmental disasters. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, it was too too stressful. What was I, the do big I have any one? more gray in my beard? <laughs> Definitely. Uh, no, no, I don't think even... I have I didn't have any more hair to lose, but what was um, the um deep water horizon? Was that the big one? Well that was yeah, I mean that was what, ten years ago or more? Um yeah. off of uh off off of Louisiana. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, Gulf it was, uh, Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. yeah. You don't hear about that anymore. <laughs> how many millions of gallon of barrels, barrels yeah barrels of how oil many millions of barrels of oil ah. went into the gulf went into the ocean yeah and then not only that but they they put disper- chemical dispersants on it oh, the chemicals that crazy. they put on top was worse than the Fucking oil forever chemicals that just exist in the oh, in the man. food chain well we could get so and then, and then you eat do you do you guys eat the shrimp out of the gulf oh, that's yeah, the crazy man. part gulf shrimp well <laughs> out here in, Me- in sorry in mexico in pittsburgh no, I just get the whatever, like, shrimp looks good. But down in Florida, when I visit my parents, uh, yeah, we get golf shrimp. <laughs> Here in Pittsburgh, no, nah, I don't eat golf shrimp. I love the peel and eats at um, my favorite restaurant in South Florida. It's called Le Tub. It's in Hollywood, Florida. We sit there, watch the sunset over this. It's the whole restaurant's built on just trash. It's just, like, built on it like a floating dock. And you just sit out there. And it's like it's a flotsam and jetsam situation, man. Big burger with that like thick patty, the big veggies, and then the peel and eat shrimp with the old bay seasoning. Sun's going down. You, I don't know if you noticed the IPA that I brought was High Life from Tampa, oh, Cigar shit. Yeah, City. Yeah, 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 love Cigar City. Oh man, yeah, these I've IPAs they'll get you going. So uh, <laughs> I've been there. Uh, yeah, my parents live in Venice, like south of Tampa, so oh, on the Gulf cool. Coast. Yeah. Yeah, I like the West Coast of Florida a lot. I think, and I lived in Atlanta, so we, you know, uh, spring. I didn't. I went once, but spring break down there is like Panama City Beach. But my my oh, wow. parents had a place in Destin, which is like uh, east of there or west of there. I forget. Fascinating, but, bro. Anyway, I want to hear about the. Uh, let's see. There's so much to get into, man. <laughs> Dude, we've I feel like we lot. haven't talked about anything. I want to know how you became a DJ. Like, what were who were the people who influenced you to actually buy the records? Are you <sighs> are you doing MP3s? Are you DJing on vinyl? Like, oh, I used to have MP3s. I used to have I, I used to buy iTunes things. What a waste of money! Because now I can't find them. They're gone. What happened? What, to, what did Apple did? Wait, like, really? They changed iTunes some time ago. Like, yeah, it turned into Apple Music, but you can still get your music. Maybe I'll have to call them because I've bought I bought a lot of MP3s back in the day. I, yeah, you should I be able to get them. Find them. You should be able to get them. Probably the second or third time I've it's, called Apple. Hey, I can't find my authorize this computer is the setting you're looking for in music. It's like, yeah. Well, so I bought a new MacBook so I could yeah. so I could record all these mixes and do all this stuff, and I haven't done any of it yet. I'll just buy more records. You can come here and play a vinyl mix anytime, man. We'll record yeah, man. it. Yeah, I, I want to play some records. I want to show some records about, and maybe this is a good time to get into yeah. it. Like, um, but to answer your question, I moved to Georgia my senior year of high school. My dad's job got transferred. I grew up outside Philly and grew up hip-hop, as I told you. Like, Well, not all the way hip-hop. I started out in seventh grade as like I was a skateboarder. I listened to Dead Kennys and Dead Milkman and all that through my older brother was all into that stuff. He was like a guitarist. There's, I, I, he, I wish he would do more of it, but he's got two kids, so he doesn't play the guitar too much anymore. But um, So he got me into that stuff. And then, boy, right around, so this, uh, this is going to date me, right around seventh or eighth grade, like, uh Cream, get the money. <laughs> Cash, Cash rules everything around. Oh, Michael's Cream, affair. Get the money. Wu Tang. No, when Cream came out on Wu Tang, I love the L. Michael's affair. Um, I have that on vinyl. But when they did all the instrumental versions of that, but no, when Wu Tang came out with Cream, um, that was what like changed me to over to hip hop, like that, and a couple. I'm trying to think a couple of the other songs. 
but that was definitely one of them. Um, they canceled the Jizza. He was supposed to play here at Jurgles last night. I was I would have been there. Liqui- uh, with you know, Fishbone opening. <sighs> Fishbone, they who's it? incredible. They it's they can, they rescheduled for April. No, no, not COVID. Just nobody bought tickets. I think I didn't buy tickets. I was. Why would I go door. to Jurgles to go see Jizza? It's like a country music <laughs> venue. <laughs> I know it's weird, it's but like a, that's where he was coming. So I would have gone. I don't keep, I don't want to say shout out much, to Jizza. I've seen I've seen. Oh well, that was, so that was time, one so. of the other albums that got me into hip hop. And I feel bad about this, but I was at somebody's house, hanging out, smoking an herb. This was when I was a young guy, seventh, eighth grade, like I said. And uh, the guy had a CD of the Jizza Liquid Sores. Amazing. And the first time I heard it, and I, I, I stole the CD, man, from the kid. Only, only thing to do. It was just amazing. It changed my life, man. When I was little. <laughs> Did you give it back? No. <laughs> no, but now I have it on vinyl and I have like, you know, I don't have an OG pressing, but like I probably have like a, you know, a two thousand early 2000s pressing, you know, like uh, all my Wu-Tang albums aren't OG, OG pressings, but they're like early 2000s pressings, like uh, Just a Liquid Swords, Raekwon, Only Built for Cuban Links, Ghostface, Iron Man. And they're all re-releasing all these. like Enter the 36 Chambers. 30th Anniversary Edition or whatever. And yeah. they go for a ton of money and they don't sound as good. No, you they know? don't. They don't. They repl- they, um, they like press them with I still play thin these. little grooves <laughs> at fucking Urban Outfitters. I still play these records, man. And then, so that's so when I moved to Georgia... Um, I was in Atlanta, I was going to Georgia State in downtown Atlanta, and I was still into the hip hop scene. Um, excuse me, shout out to Drez the Beatnik. Um, he's amazing, my good friend, or was my good friend. Um, I saw him in Philly a couple years back. Um, he's just a hip hop promoter in Atlanta. He's just he's just a true dude. He's from Philly, and I met him at the dorms of Georgia State. Um, they were the dorms that uh, they put the Olympics athletes in back in '96. Wow, the Olympic Village. Olympic Village became Amazing. Georgia State dorms, and so wow. I went to Georgia State in '98. Crazy. Um, and so uh, Drez was dating some girl that lived in the dorms, and they were having freestyles sessions out at Cyphers, out in the courtyards. And so you know, like I said, I was a four element guy. I tried to get in on that, and he just took me under his wing. Me being from Philly, being a, I was a go getter. And I used to promote hip hop shows for him, and so we saw. So, I saw so many good shows, like KRS One. Um, I mean, I can't even like Jizza, Beat Nuts. Like so many hip hop people came through Atlanta back then. Um, it's just like not. Like what years would this have been? This would have been. I was. I was in Atlanta from '97 to '03. Wow. Yeah, so you're like, you're like way past the 20 year mark. Of hip hop with, with DJing. DJing, yeah. Well, then, so so I was doing all these promoting hip hop for him. He would get me into uh, the the clubs after the after the show. So he get me. I I pass out flyers. He get me into the uh, into the show. Then he'd get me into the after hours at or not after hours after party. It was at Club MJQ most of the time. This was a club. That, it's still around, but it was in a you know, like an underground parking garage and the bouncer Poppy, I still remember, used to get me in because I wasn't of age and Drez like introduced me. I used to go there. It was like, it was like hip hop Mecca, like DJ Lord from, uh, Oh wow. Yeah. He used to spin there. Crazy. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's fucking uh, public enemy. Yeah. Public enemy now. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, uh, what was the thing with rage and public enemy? Uh, <sighs> Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so he would DJ wow. for them. Um, I saw Crazy. them at Riot Fest a couple years ago. Yeah, I saw him at Afropunk with Chuck D. Yeah, I so, was just telling that story. So he used to DJ there, and it was just like amazing scene. They had these uh, big 
big bottles of Newcastle Brown Ale for five bucks, man. I remember that. Uh, it was just amazing. All the graffiti writers used to hang out there. It was just dope. There's a lot of drugs, though. Um, but then my roommates in college had turntables. So I start buying records. And uh, Earwax, uh, I self-selected, just posted something. He was at Earwax down in Atlanta. Um, Shout out Selecto. I saw, I met Method Man there. I got like my poster signed by him. It was a Red Man and Method Man poster. Red Man wasn't there at the signing, but Method Man was there. He's a big ass dude. Yeah. And I remember I tried to shake his hand and he was like, (laughs) (laughs) he wanted the pound. Yeah. I was like, oh. And uh, I got my poster signed. I don't know. I probably still have it somewhere in a box of trinkets um yeah but, shaking uh, hands can be sketchy man like people have like long nails and you'll be yeah. you'll be dapping somebody up especially in hip-hop like you got to give the dap and then when you go to this point sometimes they got those long nails they'll scratch you like Dude, oh, don't i'm not into that on man. nails man i clip my dad used to clip my i, I have a thing about fingernail i clip yeah. my nails real short and my son i clip his nails yeah he just does he just tolerates it now at this point nice nice his, yeah his well, they, what do they say like the width of a nickel for Dude, for I men, can't, I can't let my nails grow it's at about all. Right, it's a, it's a, I got anxiety. <laughs> anyway, we're getting real. I deep, know how to man. cure that. But I know so, how to anyway, cure that. so my back to back to uh, I'm digressing. My roommates in college, we lived in East Atlanta, um, and uh, we they had turntables. This is later on in college. They had turntables, and like so, people used to come over. I used to hang out with a bunch of hip hop guys. Uh, Psycho Origami was a low underground hip hop band. Um, and some of the DJs and the, uh, Wistic, the MCs come over, um, my boy Baser, um, he's a graffiti artist, uh, Mad Clout is his hip hop company or like clothing company. They do steel wheels, like the graffiti train shows down Atlanta. He was in town last year, last fall for an art show. I still, I haven't seen him in like 20 years. I hung out. I got pictures of him and my kid. Like it just like, yeah, an age today, man. But so he used to come over. It was like kind of like really hip hop central. Yeah. And my roommates had turntables. So I started buying uh, records and uh, didn't know how to DJ. Then I moved back to Philly. Atlanta got to. I was just, it's a big party. It was a big party scene back down there. So I, as soon as I finished college, I was like, I got to get out of here. What school were you at? Uh, Georgia State University. Right. right. So those were the Atlanta. dorms. You were staying in the Olympic. Well, Olympics. I got kicked out of the dorms. But so I was living in various apartments in East Atlanta um, at the time. So Amazing. This is early 2000s, working bar. But I had a scholarship. And once the scholarship ran out, I was like bar back and working in restaurants and bars and uh, going to hip hop clubs. Was it just graffiti. the old school, like classic golden era stuff that was exciting you at the time? Or was it also some of that? What was Crunk, exciting me back snap then? Snap rap. Because in Atlanta at that point, you did have Ludacris starting to bubble up. You did oh, this have was at T- the time of Ludacris T-Pain, and I wasn't <sighs> Lil John. Everybody was kind of like blowing. Young no, so Jock, it, it, when uh, I was there, when I was there, it was um T.I. I, I was already into Outcast. My sister got me AT Aliens for Christmas one year as a CD, like before I even moved to Atlanta. So I was into Outcast already. Jeezy. Uh, yeah what was big down there was no limit was mm. big uh master p yeah wow no limit soldier i thought yeah. i told you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah so master p was big like i'm trying to think of all that like it, it was just you know outcast was still really big dungeon family goody mob yep One, two, that was some two, of the, the three first hip hop i ever heard dirty red dogs don't hit the door and they got everybody on their hands and knees and they ain't gonna leave until they find them keys you know yeah <laughs> Um, what else? Triple Six Mafia. Yeah, yeah. Three Six. We saw them at the Movement Festival up, this year. Tear the club up, yeah. motherfucker. Tear the club up. The bank had bounced. Wow, 
Wow. <laughs> I can't do it, but you know what I mean? That yeah. was like what was yeah. going on down there. Okay. So maybe the the names I gave were like a little bit later, like 2005, little bit later, six. Yeah. And you were still yeah. in that like nine, 90s, yeah, 2001, 90s, early 2000, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, this was like pre-MySpace. Oh, boy, man. I had a MySpace, but I don't remember yeah. it. it I think it was pre. Yeah, I don't know. It was pre. People were barely on the internet. You were like that like, zero. It was real hip-hop. It was real hip-hop. I have like photos AOL. of graffiti like uh dr dax was just here a couple weeks ago for the he did an art show uh at that same place that uh baser did the art show a studio studio four over in bloomfield and uh um it was like remix and dr dax they did a crazy art show um silver surfer of graffiti so i got my books on dr dax was in town from Atlanta. i said what's up to him it ended up being this crazy 30-year bash for nsf crew Wow. So like Pittsburgh has crazy history here of Do you know and Dan everything. Dabber? Uh you know what? I've met him. Um, but he moved to Philly. Like we He he was out in the yeah. night. Like yeah. I know he was big he here. He was in the reggae. big reggae guy when I was here. Like he used to DJ with Bonix. Bonix would put like anytime they wanted a reggae DJ, it would be Dan. And he had vinyl. I remember he yeah. only I think he only played records oh yeah you were talking and to Dini daddy and you didn't mention me as a vinyl dj but i'm not i didn't know you played re records conference. man like I don't, every time i go see you you're, it's just like Dini daddy like i just think of you as a promoter because every time i go to your show oh, yeah I'm you're not, just you're like not playing holding but... like putting things together making sure that everybody has what they need yeah. plugging in the speakers selling the beers what like whatever it is like connecting that's true people, yeah i'm usually i, I am like a promoter hands. and to be honest like i spent i wish i could spend more time just doing the music because that stuff i'm getting tired of it like and i've been working with bands a little bit lately yeah and it's like i had to take a break like it's too much like I, it's much easier to work with djs and just dj and like being a promoter and throwing all the shows and promoting everything that goes into it it's a shit ton of work i spend a ton of money because i'm not successful at it <laughs> um it's a labor of love a passion yeah, project but yeah, like I want to share the music, good music with the people. I mean, that's the whole reason I do it. Isn't that why every DJ does it? No, <laughs> no, no. I was calling motherfuckers out like the yeah, last two episodes because I was, I'll like go to people's gigs in Pittsburgh that I fuck with people who I've had on the podcast and I'll go there and they're just on their phones, like collecting a check, phoning it in. And it's yeah, like, that's no, not that's not the love of music. That's not, okay. that's not what it's about. Like that, like, what did you say about Kinky P playing for an empty room? Like if, Amazing. if shit's not working, if like, if people don't show up, if the weather's she bad, played, she played dub plays, you and do like... your fucking thing, man, because you don't know who's out there. If there's one person out there, that motherfucker could own six labels. You don't have a clue. Well, no, who's she does because she loves the music. Like, you know what I mean? Like she loves it. Cause like, it's your I job. It. Like, Cause yeah, it's your yeah. fucking job, bro. It, man. Like, and that's what you're supposed to be doing. It's, Yo, so it's a Japanese thing. Like, if you're making a pot, make the best pot you can. If you're DJing, do your best fucking work. Like, that's what you're supposed to be doing at that moment. You yeah. can't be just, you know, you only have one life to live, brother. I put a, I put a lot of, um, like, so I'm doing a gig tomorrow at Verdetto. So it's, um, it's uh, we have a band coming, Skylarks, who's like Rasta Bob's other project from Truth and Rights. Um, it's more of like a rock steady not not so much ska but but more rock steady kind of just a different different group of musicians some of them are experienced like from the pressure i guess as an old pittsburgh reggae band um and they're real good so i've done a couple shows with them already but and then we have lady hatchet coming from the scotch bonnets out of baltimore she's real dope we've done a couple shows with them too already and so it's gonna be at verdettos and i'm spinning and I, you know 
I'm here doing this. I could be at home practicing, trying to put my mix together. But I've spent a lot of time pulling records. Like, it's a rock steady thing. So I put, went through my collection. I've been listening to stuff, ordered a couple of records. I'm, I'm going to play all rock steady because I do a lot Dope. of dub, dance hall, hip hop, 90s, whatever. Like, I, it, there's so much reggae out there. And I just try and keep it different. And what I play for, you know, whatever I like right now. Right now, I'm listening to rock steady because of this show. And also the show that you came to, the band Dulu's, they're more like dope. rock steady. Yeah, it was from dope. Portland. Yeah, that was sick. Yeah, so really I'm cool. Like, I like that venue too. Spend a lot of time pulling Fat records. Cats. Shout out Fat Cats. Yeah, Fat Cat. Yeah, it's, it's a, gonna be it's good. A good venue. Um, that was a show was a learning experience, but it was a lot, a lot of work again. <laughs> but uh, like, you know, I I should spend more time practicing DJing and mixing, but most of the time I spend hours and hours like listening to music, putting together rhythms, and like finding new music, trying to keep it just fresh, different, and like to share that with everybody else. And just because I'm just, I guess I have like a I don't know. Do you get the guilt like when you're up in your dojo going through the records like maybe I should just be spending time with my kids like or do you just do it once they go to bed and stuff cuz that always kills me. Uh, um I'm tired at night after dealing with my kids. Sometimes I'll stay up and do shit, but it's not ideal. When you have a family, it changes stuff like, "Oh yeah, you don't practice enough." Well, <laughs> man, I got a kid, a career and all this other stuff, you know. So for sure. Yeah. Were you, are you into like scratching or like, no, I was never do, do a lot of juggling, DJ. like, well, turntablism because just, you have to do juggling if you're a dance hall, if you do dance hall. So I, I brought like, I <laughs> brought a couple of rhythms. I don't know if I want to do juggling right now, but I like, I brought some stuff just because I wanted to talk about it. How um, do you pronounce that word? R I D D I M. Yeah. Rhythm. Is it rhythm? The yeah, rhythm, rhythm is, please explain it for the people, because I think I have an idea of what it means, but can you explain what a rhythm is? Oh, yeah. Well, so, and it's changed in, over time, so, but if we're talking about real dance hall, you know what I mean? And even before dance hall, but, so, I guess I gotta go all the way back. So, Studio One, or the earliest reggae, they would have session bands, and they would come and play a rhythm, or a rhythm. And they would play, and they laid down, like, so the earliest laid down these foundation rhythms. And, um, you know, and they, they these session groups were some of the best musicians in Jamaica. These would be, like, guys that went to the boys' school, alpha boys' school, and learned. They did tromp, trombone and all these different guitar, whatever, these different great musicians. And I could go through the names, you know. But um, Roland Alfonso, Tommy McCook, and... Um, Rico Rodriguez, Don Drummond, all these crazy, like, uh, Ernest Wrangling, all these crazy, um, you know, musicians. And they, they, they formed together and they would be in these different various versions of bands and they would, they would, um, play a rhythm and then they would have the studio would have come, have the best vocalists come and sing over these rhythms. So you would have, you know, I'm trying to think of an example, Alton Ellis, or Sugar Minot in the early days, or um, just there were so many different, different uh, young Bob Marley, you know, um, just all these different artists. And then these rhythms would would move through time in Jamaica, and they and different producers would revisit them in different formations of these bands. And they, so if you look at modern dance hall, you look at a lot of the rhythm, these rhythms were created back in the late 60s or early 70s, you know, by these original Jamaican bands, uh, these house bands for the great studios like Studio One or, or, or um, you know, Duke Reed, the Trojan, Treasure Isle, um, Joe Gibbs, you know, there were all these great studios back then, uh, 
Lee Scratch Perry and the the Black Ark. Amazing. You know, Lee Scratch Perry was working with with Joe Gibbs and and other and other and Cox and Dodd back before before he had the Black Ark. He was de- he was judging the three style that I DJed in Pittsburgh. Wow. I'm fairly confident. Whoa, Lee Scratch Perry, wild. Yep. Yeah, genius. Shout out. But anyway, so they these these big ape sound system. Uh, one of his albums, Super Ape. Yes. Oh, yeah, Super Ape man. Love that shit. Oh, um. Yeah, just amazing. So, and there was like two versions of it, and there's more now. But um, anyway, so they, they these original bands made these great rhythms that are just still to this day, and and so like that's why I spend a lot of time listening to is like you can hear a song a mo- more modern like a '90s dance hall or something, and you can trace it back and say what was the original song that this was rhythm was based on. Yeah, and then so in the '90s dance hall or whatever, even even before that '80s '90s dance hall, um they would they would use these foundation rhythms or make new ones digital at some point in the 80s it went from bands to digital you know king jammy uh started that with the slang tang rhythm and so it really went from bands made famous by sublime on uh date rape right is that the song they used it for? I think so. Oh no, me and my homie uh, DJ Frosty in Philly, we used to play at this. No, place no, no, it's mucho Bowl. gusto. We would, my name we is would play Slang Tang for twenty Ron minutes. Jeremy. It was like a pop and bar until people. We would play Slang Tang rhythm. We'd just juggle it until people would notice it. So juggling means when you're juggling rhythm, you're playing the same rhythm or beat over and over, but you're playing different vocals. So they would have different artists voice over that, and that's how it always used to be for dance hall. So you'd have Bounty Killer. Or, uh, you know, you'd have Capleton, Beanie Man, Sean Paul, all these different artists voicing over the same beat or the same rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. And then it recent, and then it changed over time because then the artists were like, well, we're not getting paid. The producer who made the rhythm is getting all the money and we're not getting paid. So then they moved to like every artist is doing their own individual rhythms and i think it, i think it lost some of the magic like i uh, i don't fault them for that because so were there records everybody wants to get paid but now they're going back to juggling rhythms they cool. call them juggling rhythms where you put a producer makes a rhythm and then you get different artists to voice over it is it like one record that has three versions of the rhythm on the front and three different versions on the back and each one is a it's this all the same beat but like all with different artists. Yeah, so this is the, my first. Uh, I brought my first dance hall wow. record that I bought in Atlanta. It's like a record store outside Doraville. I'm not oh, by crazy. the mic, so probably people can't hear no, me. No, 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 they'll hear you. But um, yeah, I, I talk Holy loud. shit. But this Elephant the, Man, the yes. The Diwali rhythm. Um, I don't know. We Can we put it on? Yeah, yeah, sure. So this is a rhythm where it's a ju- It's This is just... This is, well, this is a double LP, but there's two records, but it's all the same beat or same rhythm and different vocal, different vocals. Uh, but they also have, you know, you had to do both. You have to get seven inches where you might get five, six different seven inches or three or four, and the, each side would be different. And then you got to get the version side. So the version is just the mm-hmm. instrumental. Mm-hmm. So let's put on that people will know this one when you hear it. So some of it was seven inches too. Interesting. Yeah. I, and I used to buy those. Got somebody, she's a beauty, very special, really and truly. Take good care of me, 
Necessary. First dance hall reggae record that I've ever bought. I went on Twitter and called him out for doing like an advertisement that was also graffiti because it was like you couldn't tell if it was an ad or graffiti. Basically, like he he did like Heineken logo in a way that it looked like graffiti in a spot where graffiti would have been like a like a part of the culture. So it just to me it kind of blurred the lines between capitalism, corporatism. Um, and like this hip hop culture scene that I had appreciated for so long, it just felt like it was a little bit of a, like a bastardization of the things that yeah. I loved and, and kind of cared for. Yeah. I don't know. Graffiti's crazy right now. Like I don't knock anybody. So many artists are getting paid. Like, it's just like, it's everywhere. Like, you know, that some of the, I mean, the best guys are getting paid at it or, you know, probably some people that aren't the best might be getting paid too for doing what you're saying, abusing it. But like, no, you know, the no. best graffiti writers, like there, there's like, like Rhyme is doing the roadmap tour with Dr. Dax, you know, or last year he did what Dr. Dax he's doing again this year. But like, I guess spray paint companies and whatever else are like paying for these guys to go out and like create the art. It's just, it's amazing, you know. I don't know. That was his argument. He's like, I'm like just the, trying to eat and feed my daughter. Like, this is like, like the biggest like, I, I was thinking like for Dini Daddy, should have had the the now playing you know oh yeah it'll it'll only focus if it's like right by your head like if you hold it up like right next to where your head is now playing do all the rhythm there you go like that's (laughs) yeah because it's a tight focus yeah yeah, yeah, it's a tight focus because you know when he spins he has the now playing like i don't know how he has the bandwidth to like when you're out in the club and you're playing records like you're doing vinyl like Mm. which is its own thing as it is it's hard enough to keep track of stuff and he like puts the record there so you see what he's playing anyway the mix he did for seafoam was really dope for that they actually had like a little shelf that he would put all the records on when he was playing them and it was a separate camera so like the camera would be 
looking at the little whatever. I'm trying to think of somebody else that because I was thinking about this. There was other people that play that still play vinyl. Oh, that that weren't mentioned. Well, oh, J, I know. J Malls is the big one. That was a stealth huge one. one that I forgot. Oh, Stealth One would stealth be big one. too. Yeah, yeah, man, from Get Down Gang. He's a huge. professional breakdancer, man. He's huge. just amazing. Yeah, DJ. That was somebody who was big at Shadow Lounge too. Like he doesn't down do uh, he doesn't do he doesn't do social media though. Get you down know what gig. I mean? Mm. So like he doesn't promote, but he's amazing. He's my neighbor. I, I love him, Ron. Dope. Shout out Stealth One. Shout but, out Stealth um, One. He's amazing DJ. Plays all vinyl. I super respect it. But um, yeah, it's it's hard it's hard to get by because the one thing I was gonna bring today was like an old flyer that I have one of my I keep. I keep all one at least one of all my flyers. I pride myself on like hiring artists or paying people or doing it myself and like creating design, like in having a physical flyer or poster or both. And I keep them all. And I'm and one day I'm gonna make a collage and like frame them all. And like I had one from Philly from like 20, 30 years ago, or not 30 years ago, from 20 years ago that I was gonna bring one of my first like flyers. That would have been dope. Yeah, I'd love to see it. that. Mono's best. Shout out to Mono's best. But you got to like, you know what I mean? Like that's, but, but that doesn't, I'll be honest. Like I've been doing it like that. And I do wheat paste all that. And uh, somebody's like, wow. you're, you're like a one man per street team. And I'm like, yeah, but uh, it doesn't, it doesn't work, man. You got to do like, you have to have the formula to do social media. Like, you know, who does like Femi and Wade, mm. like they, they have the formula, like they make, I think what, what Wade must do like video or something because like, yeah he's a video guy yeah so they make video all their video. own social media and it works you know and like there's uh my friend jake from root sessions like he has a formula to advertise on facebook like it, that stuff works like i'm like i want a flyer and a poster i want art you know and like and i try and post it up so people see it but people don't see it it depends on what like who you want it depends on who you want at your show i think the there's probably still a like a huge use case for analog advertising yeah and um and i you know i appreciate it i still think like if i saw you know a, a real flyer out there somewhere like yeah hell yeah this person cares about something like yeah. but then there's that environmental side of things so I yeah don't i don't know but um oh the one thing i was gonna ask you about uh before we get back into reggae you mentioned kid durango whoa do you know yeah. pete yeah for sure did yeah. oh pete was one of the first people i met uh when i moved here i used to do hashing hash house Har hash house harriers oh wow it's cool. a running and drinking cool. group oh that's crazy um and pete so yeah, yeah he does, AKA like, he does glitter run, yeah. um he's one of our good friends he dj my wedding wow yeah um, crazy i haven't talked to him he's got two kids and <laughs> they're not they're around the same age as mine and so we, I, he's busy being a doctor you're a doctor so yeah yeah. Did you go to school with him? or I forgot what type of doctor he is. Is he like a radiologist or something? You know what? Last I heard, he was like working in an ER somewhere. Oh, that's Ohio what it is. Yeah, yeah, he's an emergency doc. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Like, I saw him. So so he he's the front man for my Did buddy Joe's band. And um, incredibly, incredibly creative guy. Like, really, really very, very talented. Um, I used to borrow his Serata. Wow. Wow, the box, the SL1, yeah. SL3, whatever. It's the bar his box. Like, so I can do Serato, know you know, but I didn't like, know he DJed at all. I yeah. remember seeing him. So he um, he had a different band, I think, or maybe Kid Durango had a different drummer. Or maybe Joe played with them. I don't remember. But Joe used to be the drummer for Basic Sickness and did all the beats for Basic Sickness, oh, okay. which was my band. Oh. And we had a party at my apartment under 5801, and Pete, with his band, played. Did you ever go to the Eveline Street Halloween parties? I DJed Eveline. 
I wonder, yo, I DJed there too, not a couple times. With I did, that's how I met Keebs and Cutups or whatever. One, yeah, I mean, I knew them from before. Um, I was probably maybe yeah. there later. Yeah, I've got uh, some great pictures for me at that party. I was uh, Kimberly, the Pink Power Ranger, one year, and then another year I was um, Russell Brand when he was married to Katy Perry. Yeah, so I showed I up with the Katy Perry and roller, I Did they still have the roller coaster there at that yeah, point? Yeah, yeah. It was the the year that, that it was space themed. Do you remember like 2001, the Space Odyssey? Yeah. Theme. What year was that though that they did that like that? I don't remember. I think it That's it would have been like 2007, 2008. Oh, this is before before I came out here. But those parties were dope, man. Like, and shout out Pete because he got me involved with that. Like, I used to have my friends come in wow. and bartend because they always needed help to like sell beer or whatever. And like, um, crazy. You know, I think I t- before I before I married my wife, I think I brought her and her friends there. And like, oh, yo, I'm DJing at this crazy Halloween party. That thing was so much fun. Yeah. I remember Huggy. Played, I was playing vinyl though, me. and like it was like bouncing it. Yeah, yeah bouncing, skipping. Insane, yeah, dude. it was like not and like that's some of my best sets. Like, yo, you got a room full of people that want to dance, and you play dope reggae and dance hall and hip hop. Like people will fucking dance. Like totally. That's not the totally. atmosphere that you get like at my normal nights. So Meanwhile, I, I got like booed out of uh, Firehouse Lounge, which is now Bar Marco. That was part of the oh. article today in the city paper, which shout out to the city paper for writing that with amazing history of, of dance culture in Pittsburgh, whatever, like look at it. crazy. But yeah, they talk about how, do you, do you remember the firehouse at all? Before my time, it was yeah, always, that was Ray. Marco, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So firehouse lounge was unbelievable for house music. It was like a huge place where my buddy strobe played. It was where, uh, uncle Ray Matthews was behind the bar. Um, part owner and Bonix was on the deck. It was one of the first oh, places wow. I ever saw Bonix DJ, like where I was really his intern, like where I was carrying. Yeah, I know for a him. lot of your. Uh, I watch a lot of these podcasts and yeah. like you d- inter- uh, interview all these different DJs and like yeah, it's like this huge history in Pittsburgh and I I don't know all the guys or whatever. I don't like I you know I know who they are but yeah. like don't know the history, so it's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I feel like I was there. You know, there's there's definitely like a gap. This ten year kind of exile that i took from 2011 to now um but yeah when hey, you I'm come back. out and dj at one of my things dude you hey, got i've to- been i've been waiting man i i uh told myself i was gonna have like a reggae set put together i was gonna at least like dig through my records and pull out you know 15 or 20 yeah. but um i'm I'll, I'll be ready as soon as you call me up i'll be ready yeah man i'm trying to do different guests all the time so i'm but- gonna do an hour mix just to like prove to you that I know what I'm doing. But, <laughs> but the point of the it. firehouse story was that I did get kind of clowned for not having enough reggae. Like I was covering for Bonix. It was one of my first times ever DJing and he was sick. He was like downstairs in the hallway puking. And he's like, dude, like just take over, grab it. <laughs> I'm like, Ugh. were you playing records or no, it was Serato. Wow. It was Serato. Like from the first time I, I like hung out with him, it was always Serato. But, um, I learned on vinyl. Like mostly because I didn't have it. I started with Torque in like 2006, and then into like Virtual DJ 2007. I got Serato SL1 box, and then the 57, which I don't have anymore, but I have the 56 behind me, which I love. Um, yeah, dude, with the little phone plug. I was looking at little phone plug. You see that one? Little 56. I just have like, I just have the cheesiest uh, controller because Pete was like. Dude, just get a, a Hercules little controller or whatever. And like, so I do use it. Like, cause when I have guests come to ring the alarm at, that I do first Thursdays at Verdetto's, it's like hip hop and reggae. Oh, cool. And I have different guests every month. Um, that was so, an after party for something. 
uh, for the Northside Music Fest. Dope. Used to be Deutschland Music Fest. Dope. Now Northside Music Fest. Yeah, we had a killer. Yeah, you time had a there. crazy lineup. Yeah, too. we had the best lineup. Was that Femi was on there? Femi was there. We had Keeves. We had wow. Cosmic Drip. Wow. Had Green Rose Sound. We had um uh you know uh Jesus. Just a lot of people. Yeah, um, it was fun, man. Yeah. Do people play reggae when they it's when you book for them? Whoever I forgot, but we had fun. <laughs> or do uh, they kind of play whatever? No, the reason that we did that differently, like, cause I was just like, you know, the first night we did like ring the alarm, so it was like me, Green Rose, Jesus, and um, oh, Chocolate Milk Mountain. He's got he works he used to work at the attic. Um, cool. And uh, he he's got killer hip hop and reggae, so um. So, yeah, so the first night I did it, like, I want to be, like, ring the alarm. We're going to do hip-hop and reggae. Second night was going to be more of, like, straight-up dance party. So we have Femi, Keebs, Cosmic Drip. Um, Yeah, it was great, man. Nice. Oh, and Deanie Daddy. Oh, shit. How can I forget Deanie Daddy? There you go. Yeah, he killed it. That's how I really met him. I reached out to him. Like, you know, I was talking to Keebs because, you know, Keebs. So so I know Keebs from PTS, WPTS 92.1 FM, the uh, Pitt College Radio. All right. So I know. I guess I know Keebs through... Through Pete, like vaguely, like they went to school together from Kidarango or whatever, and then uh, I met I DJ with them once at Eveline Street, him and Cutups, and then um, and then Jake, my Root Sessions, he's friend, he's good friends with Keeb, so like we we like we DJ there last year, we DJ at Keeb's like Dub Sessions thing, Steel Yard Sound came out from Cleveland, like the big stack sound system at the bridge. And Jake and I spun on on that. We opened up for the dubstep guys. I thought we did a good job, but then the dubstep guys got on like, Rawr! like really rocked it. But uh, you know, so I remember Pete was telling me when I first moved here, he took me to Brillo Box to the uh, Laser Crunk. Yeah, he's like, let's go to this killer party my friend does. And I was so like such a like a hip hop and dancehall purist. I was like, oh, this isn't reggae or whatever. I was like, ah, I want to leave or whatever. And then all these years later, like, I'm friends with Keeves. I, I try and go to Laser Crunk when I can. It's amazing. Like, yeah. I feel like they've also gravitated towards more, like, I, or maybe dubstep has or, what, or whatever. They don't do bass music and reggae and dub and sound system is all kind of yeah. collided more. But when I first moved out here, like, I, I didn't know There's a little blog house system. E or something. What's like, that? The, the sound. Like, what, what made you, like... Was it? I, you know what? I think it was more like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hear the connection with the reggae and stuff when I first went. And I think, I think their party has evolved. And I think also that 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 the bass music and sound system and reggae, it's all more c- c- come together. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's describe. all drum and bass now. Is the thing like drum, drum and, and bass, bass was the bass. Big. I mean, that's reg- reggae is drum and the bass and hip-hop too drum and the bass you know what i mean like that's the foundation um and i was thinking like when i was telling all those musicians i didn't talk about any of the drummers or the bassists but you know it's like Sly and robbie came a little bit later but they still had like you know lloyd parks i actually saw lloyd parks he filled in for robbie shakespeare because he was really sick passed away rest in peace you know i saw um sly dunbar and uh instead of robbie it was uh robbie shakespeare it was lloyd parks which is not a slack of a fill-in mm. with Michael Rose from Black Uhuru. They played at um, mm. Warehouse on Watson, Philly, uh, a couple years ago. What do you think it is that keeps you coming back to reggae? Is it the is it the sound? Is it the tempo? Is it the history? The culture? Man, it's just it's it's the healing of the nation, man. Like it really is just like it's spiritual. Like it's just chill. Like it's chill. It's rebellious. 
it's it's uh you know it they tell stories of heartache and pain they tell this about the struggle of oppression but it's also hopeful you know what i mean also talks about like you know it's just it's just something that like it's healing you know i don't know um and i'm not even a big herb smoker anymore but it's just like it's just something about it like it's it's my stress reliever um i listen to reggae and um it's just great and part of that is i'll be honest like part of that is i still love hip-hop and you know but i still listen to the old stuff and i listen to some new stuff there's some new stuff coming out but it's just not the same as hip-hop to me is not the same as what it was you know what i mean so soul quarians kendrick like you know and like and also some of the some of the stuff that i used to listen to like I used to bump Mob Deep hard, man. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I still, I still have these records on vinyl, and I'll still play them. But it's like I can't listen to that stuff with my kid. You know what I mean? Some of it I can. I put on hip hop at my house. I don't censor anything that my son listens to. Right. But some of like, you know, I used to play. Uh, What's that Ghostface? This girl cheated on me. I played that Ghostface song. I used to. I called her voicemail and left it on her message or something like. You lazy fuck bitch, blah blah blah. You know, and I forget wildflower or whatever. Like it was all about how how the girl cheated on Ghostface, and he goes and like, yo, it was. And I remember I played that on that girl's phone. Like I can't play that for my kid, you know. So. Right, right. I thought it was gonna be we ought to call me the Superman lover. Yeah, <laughs> some wrong Super GFK. Yeah, I thought that was gonna be the one, but I guess it was more of a uh, vindictive. Oh yeah, than no, a that uh, was. In my, I'm on top. This is when I was young. You and made crazy. the right decision, man. Tell me about the um, outdoors and the camping and like, where do you guys go? Oh yeah, because we're. I'm such What's a, your setup? I'm such a city kid. You know what I mean. So I have to get out of. I have to get out of the the urban environment from time to time to to heal my soul. I'm not a religious man, so I uh, I go heal myself in in nature and commune with uh, the spirits. You know, out out there in the nature, especially in in Western Pennsylvania. I mean. You don't gotta go far in Pittsburgh to get out, and you're like in some beautiful country. Yeah. Um. So I used to, you know, I grew up outside Philly, and my dad used to take me backpacking. We used to go up like outside of Williamsport, like Loyal Sock Trail, Black Forest Trail, and it's like God's country. They called it, you know, in North Central Pennsylvania. But it took hours to get out there. Here you go an hour. You're in the Lower Highlands. You know, it's beautiful. We do thirty minutes to Raccoon Creek. Oh yeah, I used to do build trails in Raccoon Creek with Student Conservation Association. Oh wow! Um, Raccoon Creek, McConnell's Mill, um, you know, Ohio Pile. All these places are within an hour. So we were just up in Cook Forest State Park, which is also beautiful. And we had these little boys and girls with us, and all hiking through the forest with these old growth pines and hemlocks, eastern hemlock, state tree of Pennsylvania, my favorite tree. Just these beautiful old trees. You know, the the trunks are, you know, six feet around. You know, not not as big as like the redwoods in California, but Pennsylvania is just it's a beautiful state, man. The mountains and the it's the old mountains, you know. Um, they're rounded, not like jagged like in uh like out west. You know, we got the old mountains. They've been worn down over eons. But so it's just beautiful. And so yeah, I grew up going camping, backpacking, I still do it. I take my my son's been backpacking he's three and he's been backpacking twice already. If you have to pick to go up to the top to the peak and see what's up there or to go down to the waterfall what's the better hike 
Like, do you have a preference? Do you know what I'm saying? All hikes in Pennsylvania go up and down. <laughs> you know, they go, or most of them go up, up. They seem like yeah, they go up, up to the up. peak and down, or down oh. to the bottom of the, down to the waterfall and yeah, up. Like, yeah, Which one they, is they your all preference? Go, I mean, they go up and down, man. I, to be honest, like, I literally, like, don't go backpacking with me. Cause I take my friends, and I'm like, oh yeah, I, I'll look at a map, and I'll be like, yeah, I'll plan out this great route. Like I'm a planner, so I'll plan it all out. I'll organize, like kind of like you say, you see me at parties, I'm the organizer. Like uh, that's what I do. But but don't go backpacking with me, cause I'll be like, oh, I think this trail is good. And meanwhile, like ten miles later, we're still going uphill. You know, <laughs> like okay, so that's okay. not a great question for me. Ooh, Sorry. we did a little footsie there. That my was bad. nice. That was my first time that happened on the podcast. <laughs> Nice. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I move around a lot, even with my injury. Well, the the beers and the little bit of whiskey is helping my Getting injury. Getting a little frisky. It's well, it's loosened me up a little bit. Nice. <laughs> That's the plan. Yeah. What no. else you got? Did you bring any other records? I did. I did. Um. So I, I think. I, to, to, to tell this story, I really think we, we need to start with the hip-hop part of it because, like I said, that's really what I grew up doing. I'm a hip-hop guy. Still am, although I like old stuff, you know? So I try and advertise when I do Ring the Alarm. I tell people, uh, like, classic or underground or old-school hip-hop. Not, you're not going to hear trap and, and all the, the bangers or whatever. But um, Slappers and bangers. That was Ari, Ari Cole's point about the article. Was that they slapped on our slappers and bangers? They should have brought it up. He said, "I have people around the block for Trace Brewing." Dude, he he packs the house all the time. It's I met him the party. other night for the first time at the the, the DJ appreciation night at, at Goldmark. Oh, cool! I went to that and I met Ari Cole or whatever. He's yeah, cool dude, shut up, man. Oh, um, amazing. But like, I that's just not what I play, and they they like they pack the house. So, but I'm not gonna change my formula. Like that's no, just, that's just not me. Same. Um, so I brought a couple of my favorite like hip hop records. And, oh shit! Like they mean a lot to me, and these are ones that I still play and have had for many years. So I don't know what the best format to do. Maybe we'll just do a little bit of each one, dude. I'm so, um, I'm ready. I think hopefully everything works. Let's see. I think I think we got it. We got it set. This one's not plugged in. I can plug it in. Okay. Well, you want? Do you want your right turntable too? Yeah. Maybe, All right. Let me maybe, do it. I'm just gonna do a little bit of each one. I'm not gonna sit here and mix. I'm just gonna yeah, play, yeah, yeah. get a little taste just of in the. Case you want the right, let's plug it in. Okay. Just in case. And actually, here, this first one I'm gonna play. I actually heard Selecta. Um, I heard Selecta uh, play the instrumental of this at the Ooh. Homeboy Sandman. Ooh, um, yeah. Show. I have an autographed Homeboy Sandman record behind me from when he came to South Florida. He's amazing. I really wanted to be at that show at, at Spirit, but unfortunately. Yeah, shout out to Momone Don. I he's my not. homie. Oh, Momone Don. He was, at... he was a guest of mine at Ring the Alarm. He's just, dope. he's like, dope. he embodies hip hop. To me, he embodies hip hop in uh, Pittsburgh. He's just a hard worker. Yep. He does he does his own merchandise. He makes record. He makes beats. He's a DJ. You know, he spins slime records. System. Slime sound system. Uh, soul Slime. Soul Slime. C. Scott. They uh, opened for Cool Keith. I was just at that show upstairs at Spirit. Shout yeah, out Dr. Octagon. All right, so. Uh, well, I missed Homeboy Sandman. 33 and a third. Here we go. Ooh. Rather be carried by. Tried by 12 and carried by. Sticks and stones, they might break your bones, but the nine millimeter, it will bore your dome. I'm talking about the toe tagging, the body bagging, and niggas are dying. Mamas are crying, casket buying. Who me dying, leave my family crying. Hell no, I cause long bloodbaths and showers. Send me commissary, motherfuck them flowers. 
thoughts of soda of leaving my daughters hours and hours of tears running through my mind as I pick up the zig line beat starts with the shovel then ends with the shovel and niggas standing on your corner reminiscing of you but your ass is out and you're dead and gone so would you rather be the murder or the murderer of course of course that's a decade later let no man curse to be tonight in the herbs when we'll be tried by 12 and fertilizing daisies crying mamas and cousins and crying babies this reminds me of a like it reminds me of the reggae ashes to ashes and dust to dust niggas getting bust for in god with trust so if you're coming to my town and try to slow the dough down you must be casket bound because i'd rather be tried by 12 than carried by six nigga i saw my name in the book at your funeral he said, I signed my name in the book at your funeral. That's heavy. I love that. So we'll just stick with one turntable. Holy I can, shit. I can, I can deal with one turntable. So yeah, that was... Well, if you need it, you got that's it. That's like that one of my favorite, uh, that's one of my favorite uh, records that I still play to this day. Now, probably like it was really hard to go through and like pick i'm trying to think of the what the biggie that I, record that it reminds you of is um is it well um oh man like if i listen to it again i don't want to send the whole pack podcast thing of it but hold on maybe if we just put on the the, the instrumental you'll hear it mm. let's just put on the instrumental the tell. It ain't hard to tell. I excel, then prevail. The mic is contacted. I attract clientele. My mic check is life or death. Breathing the sniper's breath. I exhale the yellow smoke of Buddha through righteous steps. Deep like the shining. Sparkle like a diamond. Sneak on the owl. I never heard this beat before. And hit the earth like a comet. Invasion. Nonsense like the Afro-Sigiasian. Like half man, half amazing. Because in my physical, I can't express through song. Delete stress like... Like Moon Trend, then extend strong. I Who's drink beat with Medusa, give a shot to hell from the split that I lift in hell. It ain't hard, hard to tell. So, Selecta used to bring Lars Pro a lot to Shadow Lips. He'd bring him, he, I remember he brought not Immortal Technique, I know him somewhere else in in your trunk turn the bass up not stories by vocabulary spills i'm ill plasmatic i freak beat slam it like iron sheet jam like a with correct technique so analyze me surprise me but can't match interesting me sabotage me i leave a froze like it's always interesting to me like nas a rock well Here's another one that means
Super cool. Um, I forget where I was. Oh, J. Rawls, because J. Rawls is dope hip hop. So I saw him at the Land Grant um, Brewing. So. One of one of my favorite uh, parties I ever DJed was in Columbus. Shout out Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, it's a cool. It was the night before I graduated from Pitt in neuroscience. My whole family was coming. They were all driving out for a nine thirty a.m. brunch with all my professors, and the house party didn't stop until four in the morning. And as you know, Columbus is like four hours from Pittsburgh. So I'm basically just Three. like, well, it's far enough that whenever the party got out at four o'clock and we hit Buckeye Donuts at five and all my boys are there just like eating donuts and like I had the whole car full just like of my crew. It was one of the best parties I ever played. Straight house party packed to the gills in a basement, just like the perfect room. You know, like you could fit probably like 30 people just like in that little crushed little dance floor. But it was it was all just mayhem and it was full until four in the morning and i like when we left it was just like all right time to go do this thing time to go graduate from pit bro and it was literally changing into my tuxedo or like no my but like into my I suit the, i didn't do the graduation thing from college but we had this brunch with my professors it wasn't the like pit graduation that was so important it was the thing that my parents were going to with the neuroscience professors that i had to be there at nine nine thirty whatever and um, so I was changing in the car, like like in the Hangover. You know, like people were handing me my suit, and I was putting the tie on. Because you were partying in the Columbus backseat. the whole night before. You know what's crazy? Excuse me. Um, I didn't. I, we have a connection that I didn't even think about since you're, you're you know neuro neuro uh, neuro. I'm a neurologist. Neurologist. Yeah. So I my scholarship in college at Georgia State was in neurobiology lab. Holy shit! I worked with Dr. Chuck Derby. We worked on the spiny lobster. And I used to, we used to, I used to take care of the lobsters and they used to do, so we used to uh, inject their brains with the different things to, to track their DNA. It was crazy, man. Yeah. Do they have a brain? Yeah, they do. Or just yeah. like a ganglion? No, they have a brain. Yeah. Cause I used to, we used to take them out and uh, BRDU is what we used to put, inject them with. So when you put this fluorescence, we would take the brain out, put it in gelatin and they would slice it on a microtome or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. put it under the microscope yeah. and we'd see the, and treat it with the whatever. And you could see yeah, horseradish peroxidase. And we'd see where the, the nerves were growing or whatever. So, and then we used to trim their, I don't know. They had these antennae with all these different things on. We said trim them off or whatever. I don't know. Holy dude. Shit. So, yeah. So I had a scholarship to neurobiology, but then I, it ran out. I love ran out of money. And I just went to work in bars. Wow. And then I realized I didn't want to work in a science lab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's cool, but like, yeah. uh, not yeah. for me. I was doing that same, like I had that same exact experience where I was working at UPMC during the day in a research lab, in a neuroscience lab. Really, it was psychiatry doing human postmortem brain tissue work and mouse auditory cortex work where I was mapping the auditory cortex in mice on a cryotome, cutting their brains, yeah, studying their brains, testing them during the Isn't day, playing music for them. And then at night I was DJing for like 
four years at Pitt from 2007 to 2011. I couldn't find the balance, man, man. Like, my... I couldn't either. The hip-hop life, like, took over, you know what I mean? I mean, I have no regrets, man. I yeah. do regret that I just walked out on that lab and, and Chuck Derby was super cool. Like, and I, I... So, took me probably a little bit longer to get a career than had I had stuck with that. Yeah. And, like, didn't burn a bridge, but, you know, you're only young once. You're only young once. Yo-yo. <laughs> um... <laughs> So I was debating whether this was going to be so like I'm trying to like I'm playing my favorite favorite hip hop records like this so, is so that fun, I still man. I love this. play all the I'm time. I'm having so much fun with this. Man. So this this anniversary of this one just came up and then I have a, and this was going to be my favorite but now I think I got another one. And you'll notice I was a big in the East Coast West Coast thing. Yeah. And some of my records are West Coast or whatever. You know, like I was like all into the Biggie feud the like biggie um tupac like i, I was like ah oh, fuck the west coast you know <laughs> oh wow i don't know wow I was like i was straight up east coast like philadelphia is east coast as it gets you know what i mean people I think know. pittsburgh's east coast uh, i don't know midwest here we go i don't think it's quite midwest either What's up? This is Tajay of the Mighty Souls of Mischief Crew. I'm chilling with my man Festo. My man ain't blessing my man. Oh, you know he's dope. And right now, you know, we just maxing in the studio. We're hailing from East Oakland, California. And um, sometimes it gets a little hectic out there. But right now, you know, we gon' up you on how we just chill. Dial the seven digits. Call up Bridget. Her man's a midget. Plus she got friends. Yo, I can dig it. Here's a 40 swiggin'. You know it's frigid. I got him chillin' in the cooler. Break out the ruler. Again, since, rewind, since, select. Uh, yeah, I would drop that one again. But since you mentioned it, yeah, dude, lap cab was my huge favorite, for favorite us. twelve inch. That's I don't know. It's just like hey, these Mo records knows? I still play to this day. After how many years? These records of I, I, I take much better care of my records now than I did in my twenties. <laughs> Yo, Monos, um, if was, you still, if you finished my Dan Charnas Dilla Dilla book, I'm ready for it back, brother. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you. All right, here we go. 
I wonder which one this is. Oh, can't can't keep my You know, I have um, absolute pitch, like well, like perfect pitch. Like the the pitch that I just sang was the same as here. Turntables is perfect, right? Yeah, that like that's the breaking on the Goldmark turntables ain't it, it's too fast. It just goes. Deep. No, that was awesome. No, this just that song just <laughs> resonates to me. And to be honest, I do dissect hip hop songs and try and find the sample. Yeah, and so, shout out Selective because I watch his stuff and he tells me a lot. Like you know, so I found sometimes you know with the internet it's so easy. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Back who in the sampled? Day, who sampled the website? It's amazing. Yeah, like, do you ever go on there? Yeah, all, of course. And it gives you, it's not just the, the song you're looking for. It'll give you Everybody every record that used that's it, ever. You know, yep. so like it's yep. easy now. So, but it's I, easy, so but it's problematic honest, because if you're making the song, then people will catch you. It's really hard. You really have to get it cleared now, right? So it's yeah. limiting. 
That's the but thing. But I haven't, I haven't dissected this one. Now I'm going to look into it. That all run, the other ones run, I, I think run. is uh, Rev Run. You know, it's like, like Run DMC. I, like, you know, it's, this song just resonated to me because he's getting picked on, you know. Like, yeah. I used to get picked on. He's running. Like, I moved around a lot. Yep. For me, red, it was Eminem. Evil, evil rednecks Brain come damage. in. You know yep. what I mean? I lived in Georgia. I lived, in, I lived with my parents for a short time in Sarasota, Florida. Wow. You know what I mean? So, like, um, yeah. So, anyway, that, that that's the hip-hop records that I brought. That's so dope, man. Um, those I don't so know. Fun. I Thanks. just thought it was fun to just play Dude, some records so and reminisce instead of uh, just kind of do it. Like uh, I don't think a mix would work, but oh no, that was the that was the best way to do it. I think. I think. Um, I'm so happy you played uh, hip hop too. I thought it was going to be like a um, a dance hall thing where I was going to get some education, but oh well, you might still. Oh shit! I got a couple more things in the bag. Um. I mean, I literally, like, I take inspiration from all the time. I'm constantly, like, so I'm not practicing. I'm not the best DJ. I don't mix or blend the best. I can do a little bit of everything, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can mix a little. I can blend a little. I can scratch a little, you know what I mean? I'm not the best at any of it, but I I like, I pride myself that. I always look for new music. I, I, I research it. I'm a student of it, you do know. Do you think that matching beats is critical? Like, are you... Uh, are you a beat matcher every time or are you no not every time but i I will say that no i practice i'll usually do like even for tonight i practice one set like one beat that i practice to match yeah and that's usually what i do before i go out for a gig i'm gonna practice like i know what i'm gonna play like for dini daddy he said like he'll bring a whole box of records and not pick anything yeah i've done that before that doesn't work for me. Like I, I lose, I lose my attention span. I have a short attention span. I need to know. I have a need to have an idea of what I'm gonna play. Plus, I can't bring out three bags of records, three crates. Yeah. I try and over time. This isn't new. This isn't. I mean, this isn't um something I always did. I used to just bring a crate of record. Now I try and bring as few records as possible. Mm. Not just for the weight, but just like. I know you have to have some idea what you want to play. You know what I mean? Like I have a theme or. I want to play new music that I've heard. Or, this is you know, like so. my idea was to have a new DJing app. So I have this idea that Serato encourages people to play the wrong records for the dance floor. If you have this playlist up or if you have this box of records that you know you're going to play, yeah. it's always going to be the wrong record, basically, because the the correct record is the one that you pull out of your head yeah. when you look at the dance floor, analyze the scenario, and figure out what they need. Yeah. And if you type it into your computer with a black box program where all you see is black until you type in the name of the song and it pulls it up, that could be the correct record. And that program does not exist. Well, I think that, but I think that people that are using the people that are good at using Serato, they put their they pack their crates correctly, and they 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 do the they do the homework. They even like when I use Serato, if I have enough time, I'll put my cue points and stuff on certain songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can you can utilize if you put the time in, you can really make it work for you. But you're right, like. If you just are one of that ones Matt just put the auto sync on the whole time, like I think that takes away from the experience. <laughs> Big time. But Big time. I will tell you as a vinyl DJ, I have tried that's why I bring less records because I don't want to spend time digging my crate because I want to see I want to see the dance floor mm. and I want them to see me. Mm. I'm digging my crate and I already do this too much. If I'm digging my crate too much, that's not good. So it's yeah, a mix. Digging you know the crates I mean? at the record store 
at the show yeah, at just the show, i want like, to know what i want to play so i'll practice because i have limited practice time because like i tell you i have a career i have a kid so i'll practice one routine i i will figure out what i'll pull my records usually i'm pulling records at the last minute but i write songs the, like leading up for a week before i gig i'll write songs that i want to play right before the gig i'll be pulling those songs and i'll practice one routine a night or two before the before the and i'll be honest like i'm not the practice guy i'm not not like alan iverson practice <laughs> what you talking about practice i understand that you need to do that but like i do put the time in but not in yeah 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 you're you're more involved with planning the show yeah. and and finding the right songs yeah finding exactly. them not so, necessarily figuring i wish out i was more them. technically sound to be honest with you because i do stuff you know i know you mentioned that some of the vinyl dj never stumble never do anything like if you come to my dj night you're gonna have a good time yeah but you might hear a dead air or you might hear a scratch or a skip or sure. you might hear something you know like there could be a mistake i heard it. i have a great video on my youtube like from you know back in the day when i like all my like like pretty much all my socials go back all the way, you know, as, as early as I've had them. My Instagram, I deleted one time, but like other than that, it's all kind of, it all, all, it all goes back all the way. And one of the videos, one of the earliest videos on my YouTube is a RJD2 from Electronic oh, Music RJD2. Festival. Yeah, I've seen him a bunch of times. And one of the times I saw him was at um, the Electronic Music Festival in Detroit on the pyramid, like in the back, um, which was the Beatport stage at the time. He played right after... Um, the dude who used to DJ with LL Cool J, his name is uh, Z Trip. Okay, yeah, Z and DJ Z Trip. After yeah, Z Trip, his mixtapes or whatever. RJD2 went on and like one of his records stopped or whatever, and he goes, "Yeah, real records skip." And that was the name of the fucking video. Like I, I captured it perfectly. I was like, "Yes," with yo RJD2 you know. because he has some amazing stuff. Like I still, I was looking at the attic the other day, looking for some RJD2 because yeah. that was like the area that I told you about, Atlanta, with my old roommates. They had some of that stuff. Like, excuse me, old RJD2, uh, DJ Shadow. I remember going to a DJ Shadow uh, show in Atlanta and tripping on acid. <laughs> like, it was like just amazing stuff. Introducing you know? music is just it's introducing it's again, man um incredible boom, boom. oh you brought that? some what's that song uh, i didn't bring a dj shadow but brought some 45s though Monday, uh, seven days a week oh yeah or, uh, for starting of the week and said fighting comfort it's only monday yeah that was the era that with the show that i went and saw dj shadow i'm so proud of you man i feel like you and I have been through some of the same shit, like in terms of like some kind of like counterculture narrative and like came out on top, you know, like we both were working in these labs and got pulled into this music world. Then we were able to resurrect our careers, like become professional, become like accepted by society, but at the same time, maintain our passion and love for something that makes us who we are. Yeah, that yeah, hip hop sure. culture, that that music. Yeah, it made me who I am, hip hop, and and now reggae. You know, so yeah, and it's it's hard to it's hard to um you know to keep sight of it. Like I definitely have lost sight of it, like or I haven't lost sight of it. But it's hard, like with a wife and kids. So shout out again to my wife Katie, my son Wyatt. Like they're my my heart and soul. And uh. Barry Brown was a reggae artist, and he said that's a, the the best things in life is your family. You know what I mean? So it's like, 
So yeah, and so uh, to try and keep one foot or in that or one whatever pinky toe in it, you know, like I, I love it, man. And just it is who I am. And uh, so yeah, I want people to come out. I do hip first Thursdays at Verdetto's on the North Side. We play hip hop and reggae, and I have different guests every month. So I wish people would come because it's a fun time. It's a cheap bar. There's still cheap bars in Pittsburgh. Which you can't find in other cities, so other true. big cities. But so I just to a little bit back more about the genesis of the reggae thing, um, and I kind of like how we're doing the the record thing, and I'll I'll play less of it since we're running short on time. But so my brother, uh, I'm the youngest of three. My oldest brother, he lived in San Francisco for so many years, and San Francisco has a great reggae scene. Oh my god! I had god. no idea. Like Oakland. No, San Francisco. Well, wow. Oakland does too, but wow. San Francisco. Like I used to go visit my brother, and he would work, and he would just fill this fridge. And I didn't know anything about Trader Joe's, being from the East Coast or whatever. He would fill his fridge with Trader Joe's, like frozen turkey stromboli, whatever, <laughs> and like and leave beer. And he'd even leave pot for me or whatever. <laughs> he was so cool. He is so cool. Uh, my brother, shout out Eric. Um, and so I used to go to Dub Mission on Mission Street. And uh, they did it every Sunday, or I don't know if it was every Sunday or once a month. I, I, you know, I didn't live there, so but I used to go to it, and so I would listen to the songs they were playing. I'm like, oh my god, I need to get this. So this, I'll play this one. Dope. I'm excited. I wanted to plug the Phoenix Landing. That was the best reggae party that I experienced, like in my whole life, in um, Boston, Massachusetts, in uh, Cambridge. So like. Uh, Harvard Square, or no, Central Square. So Central Square had the Middle East, which was like the punk venue, but had kind of like transitioned, more open format, whatever. And then like right next door, there was another venue called Phoenix Landing. And every Tuesday night or maybe Wednesday night, they had this amazing reggae night and it was very well attended. And I went like every week for two years. Did you go to school up there or? Yeah, I got a degree from Boston University. That's how I made my pivot out of music back into medicine. Okay. So my, I, my friend, uh, Steve Morris, good friend, uh, he does Saturday Morning Sunrise on 91.3 WIEP. Or amazing. Um, he's from Boston, and we he's one of my best friends. We talk sports and everything else, and, uh, you know, he's, he's a good dude. But, um, you know, there's a good reggae scene up there. Um, I listen to... Uh, DJ Baby Matt, WRIU in Rhode Island. They do um, Top Rank Radio every Saturday. So I, I don't listen in while it's going on, but I listen when he puts it on SoundCloud. Amazing. I, I listen to reggae all the time, like and all these different DJs and radio programs. It's amazing. I was on the radio in Boston also on WRBB. That was really where I had like my best college radio station, like show, even better than the pregame show here at PTS. But on WRBB, I had a show called Sacco and Vanzetti Dance Party with my buddy Carlton Goals. It's amazing. We have like, there's probably like 12 or 13 episodes that are Do you available. Keep online. it all or whatever. Yeah, but I saved them all just through the board. So it's not us talking mm. and I beat myself up for it. I'm like, man, I wish I had like the mics. So I don't have, I'm working on, you know, I bought an audio interface and all this stuff. Yeah. My wife even thinks because I've been putting my heart and soul into doing all these events. Yeah. And been get, I feel like I'm being beat up a little bit. <laughs> so my wife's like, you should just do a radio program and like play the music that you want to play and talk like you want to talk. That's what we're doing tonight, man. Yeah, exactly. I've been having so much fun. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Dude, thank you, yeah, man. It's so much this fun. It's awesome. So I want to do this. And so, Come through. you know. Let's, let's do it. What do you want to yeah, do, man. Tuesdays? So, yeah, so, but anyway, um, you know, I, within all my free time. I'm That's the thing. Happen. Like, I've been, you know, 
all the radio people who I talk to are just like, there's no reason to do it on in in a booth anymore. Like the radio channel doesn't add anything. The terrestrial aspect doesn't add anything. Yeah. Our antenna doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is the content, yeah. what we're doing, who we have in the booth, what the music is, what the records we're playing, the conversation. I've been I've been fortunate to be able to travel. So like I don't have all my SoundCloud doesn't have all the, my own mixes, but I've been fortunate that to go out to my friend in Columbus to be on top uh not top rank radio turn it up radio i've done a couple episodes with him i went out my brother and sister live in portland oregon now nice. so i got uh shout out yoni out there impact sound i've been on his uh radio program just this summer he even let my nephew get on the mic and they actually have like kind of a radio station like you it's all internet based but it's yeah. a station you go exactly. into the studio it exactly. was really cool so he was like He's like, we're going to do an hour, bring about, um, you know, an hour is about, uh, what do you say, um, tw- 20 records or yeah. something. Yeah. You know, three minutes a piece, you figure. So I, I started with about like that and like planned it all out. And it was really fun, man. So like the the internet radio or just that was, it's broadcast radio. It goes from internet to broadcast. So I don't know how they do that, but yeah, 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 that's, it's where it's at, man. So, so I do have some of those mixes available. I don't have my own sound. It's, oh. My SoundCloud is going to be popping at one point. Hell yeah. But back to Genesis here. This well, is a song that I heard right, I'm in I'm San listening. Francisco I'm at Dub Mission. And this is a famous record. My golden name. Ticka ticka tock my golden name. Ticka ticka tock my golden name. She lay next for the gentleman. Sometime nine and sometime ten. Oh, and whenever she lay, she make an alarm. Cock, 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 me lay, Wake up this morning. Oh, you want the echo? She didn't yeah. eat no breakfast. No. She wake up this morning. She don't eat no breakfast. She leave out my home and she faint in the path. Yeah. She give my neighborhood a lots of remarks. Lots of remarks. She give them lots of remarks. Lots of remarks. It was not my fault when she faint in the path. Hey, little girl, don't be like a rolling cow. Oh, <laughs> there you go. So anyway, <laughs> fun, fun, fun stuff, man. Like this is like, you know, I hear reggae and I just like, I'm like, I need that. Like, yep. you know, so I listen all the time. Like, you know, David Rodigan, shout out. Uh, BBC One Extra. insane. Let me, let me see that one. Let yeah, me see that is, one real quick. There you, go. This is a, <laughs> you know, on Hummingbird, that's the um, tenor saw on that diseases rhythm. This one, um, so this one is heavy heard that yeah it's it's amazing i still play it to this day i think i've had it for more golden 20 years or so oh the dub version here no 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 no, no. the the front is what golden hen golden hen that's the dub version so typically in sound system we should here come on let's stick with the formula i know we're running out of time Nah, whatever fuck it you gotta play the dub man (laughs) i like making dubs i like make a lot of dubs a lot of my edits are just dubs because i'm i'm always about like the drum I want the beat, man. We got like to do dubs of disco records and shit. The 
this is the gain, treble, mid, low. I'm being, I'm being lazy just sitting here. <laughs> uh, looking up at the that like little um, flange yeah, on that fucking on the snare. It's like a little flange snare. It's crazy. Yeah, man, you gotta play the dub a little bit. That's like, dope. all right. So, like I said, that 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 tenor saw, like I heard that at Dub Mission, that Golden Hen, and I like I needed that record. And this is another one that I needed. I think I might have actually got this at um, uh, King Iver. Um, he's like uh, Job Warrior Shelter Hi-Fi. They're like the big reggae crew out in San Francisco. They had a record shop out by my brother. Like my brother lived in Potrero Hill, and then he lived up in um. I forget he lived up in the heights somewhere but um like uh so anyway so i went to the record store i think i heard this at dub mission then went to went to job warrior shelter hi-fi's like record store and like bought this seven inch another classic tune Joseph Hill from the culture, man. He really like talks about a lot of So Yeah, Joseph Hill from Culture, man. I mean he like just yeah, some really conscious stuff. I mean, stuff that's still relevant to this day. Yeah, the, the lyrics, so the things that stand out to me about that record, never having heard it before, are the lyrics, but also the four-on-the-floor pattern. The fact that the bass is a percussion instrument, which creates this boom, 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 boom. Every single beat is 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 a downbeat, and it's, it makes like a, you dance. It's, it's almost like a stepper's. Uh, it, it's almost. It's not a stepper's tune, but it almost crazy. is crazy. Like, um, but then the if you and so this dub is the the other uh, B side. Like it's not. It's it's not worth. It's like uh, it's worth playing, but it's not like it's not as good as quality. But and it's not even the same song. Mm. So that's the beauty of a buying a reggae record because you could get a B side that's like some treasure. It's some other mm. dub of something else. So I'll just take a put a taste of it, but it's it's, it's not good quality. So, but this is another culture song. I wish this dub was.
That's insane. It's a dope tune. But it's just got. It's just got. It's just the These are Jamaican pressings. You know what I mean? They got noise on them. That's and so I know Todd Keep said that vinyl's garbage or whatever. <laughs> he didn't say garbage, but he just said the sound quality is not good. Why it's, in the world would you get it? It's a low pass. Yeah. You would never. You would never even be able to like. You, yeah, it doesn't like, what exist. What if you yeah. bought? If you bought that Jaja Sita McComb MP3 or somebody? Let's just say yeah. somebody gave you. You would never get that. You would never get a chance to hear that. Are you on? That, um, are you on like Soulseek or any of the other like file sharing servers? Nah, man. Like I don't. You're know. not really interested like, in the, MP3s the, or flags bit, bit or, or waves or anything. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch. There's like like Selective put me up on I one, which is crazy. Many, I lost too many hard drives and stuff. Like you know what I mean? Like I'm missing <laughs> photos from portions of my life like i have yeah. hard drives that are like how can i not unlock this hard drive mm. like so i just stay away from those sites because that has to be related to that right like they're unprotected or what? whatever I oh what you have like corrupted hard drives yeah oh from, from what music. you think are from from you think it's like a virus illegal that... music or whatever oh that's fascinating yeah you never heard you never, never heard got of a that. virus from a bitch i've never gotten thing? a virus bro i i've used mac like ever since i was Started uh, DJ. I use PC. My first so DJ computer was a Windows computer, but it was very early. Right. Yeah, BitTorrent. BitTorrent. Yeah, well, whatever. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, you were on the Pirate so Bay and like sharing BitTorrents. Like that I would do that work for. Doesn't so good on on PCs. <laughs> uh, so so this is a little different. Like these are basically like music sharing websites. Like Soulseek is not. It's not BitTorrent, and and basically like I have all my music on there. So if anybody wants to be a DJ and you want all of goofy white kids music if you want all the music that bonix gave me when i started djing but over 15 years i've curated it with like all the music i got from selecta and all the music that i've gotten over the years like and honed it down to 10 folders reggae hip-hop r&b rock r like soul funk whatever drum That's and bass wild, man, if you want like all my music it's on there it's on soul seek like for anybody who wants it just go on soul seek type crazy. in soul seek slsk slash djb tips and you can have everything you can have all my edits i have 120 of my edits on there you can have everything please but you'll never be able to play it like i play it it's oh, not no, about the dude. music for me it's uh. not it's but not. But this is like why, like uh, that'd be like me giving my vinyl collection. To I hear somebody. you. Not gonna happen. I never, hear you. Ever. And I my son. You. And by the time he gets it, he's gonna be, hopefully think <laughs> if, if God is willing. Um, by the time my son gets it, he's gonna be like, oh, he might have sentimental value, but he's like he's not gonna understand this. Um, so I got two more. Well, just a couple more. Let's just keep it going a few more minutes because I'm enjoying talking about these. Records, so much fun. They're very significant. So this one, we'll do it quickly. But I, I, there's something about this tune that this is more of the, like, when we get into that DJ Shadow kind of hip-hop, reggae, fusion kind of thing, this is one that, like, uh, just, um, I don't know, this is one that's been in my box for a long, long time. And uh, kinda, I don't know, when you hear it, you know. <laughs> I'm not 
you know the pen is stronger than the knife. They can kill you once, but they can kill you twice. Did you know destruction of the flesh is not the end into life? Fear not of the Antichrist. Did you know that I exist before the earth? And did you know my eyes are windows to the world? Did you know you can't go as I am and now we're cherry girls? Can't tell the boys from the girls. Your body's just a vehicle transporting your soul. It's what's inside of people, this beauty to be old. I like that oh record. Oh my god. So this that tune it has Capleton on it. It's just like amazing. Steven and Damien. It's just um it's just amazing. But uh I'm still going still echoing. But uh um yeah, up, like dude. just name Damien Marley and Nas. Like I almost brought the Road to Zion because that's one of my favorite <laughs> tunes. Shout out to my <laughs> homie Blaze from Truth and Rights. He come when I perform. He also he often comes and we, I'll put on the rhythm and he will do the whole song wow. for Road to Zion. And he also does you know other Damon Marley tunes. He's he's amazing. Shout out to Blaze and he does percussion mm. for Truth and Rights. He's just an all around cool dude and he will tell you about Rastafari. Um, yeah, you were. Uh, uh, I I know you told me you didn't want to be the one to teach me about uh, the religion, but, yeah, it, but it is I'm a religion, a Rasta, right? You know like, what I mean. I drink beer. <laughs> I uh, eat meat, you know what I mean? Okay, so those there's some, like, yeah, there's, there's some, some restrictions. Tenets, you know what I mean? They don't drink alcohol. They don't, Rastas don't drink. They don't, they don't eat meat. It's all Ital, you know, strictly Ital. It's all vegetarian, which is great. Vegan, like, strictly a vegan diet, all vegetarian, hmm. no alcohol, strictly herbs, you know what I mean? Just herbs. Just oregano, <laughs> basil. Yeah. So... You know, shout out to all my all the Rastas out there. You know, it's 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 uh you know the reggae is was highly highly influenced by that movement. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's also not just a lifestyle, but also a political movement. You know what I mean? Like they're they were um and probably still are like um you know prejudiced against in Jamaica. You know, with the long mm. dreadlocks. You know, and so you know naughty dread man. Yeah. Jamaica's like a lot of places, like oh, favor the short hair, whatever, like good looking person, you know. And then you have this mo this counterculture movement. The Rasta there, they live up in the hills. They're not gonna tolerate that, you know. They're gonna live off the land and and smoke the you know the ganja, you know. So I'm not doing it justice. Police in helicopter. Oh man, I almost brought that tune, John Holt. Uh, he went from the Paragons, like the 60s Jamaica, like rock steady, like Paragons. Tide is high, but I'm That's the same dude. On. Wow. Yeah, you can hear that in like hotel lobbies and shit. And then at the same time. And then Blondie did it, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, but John Holt, then he went from that to like Rasta to in the 80s or whatever, late 70s, 80s, doing a police and helicopter, you know. Dolly, my baby. A super cat different different record but um police and helicopter i like that record um so yo let me keep it going and so i just have i have a couple more stories because the, the idea of this was to bring the record and bring a story so this one is i don't know if i should do where i should do this story 
So I used to like Jamaica people are serious about reggae, man. I don't know, like you cannot half step, man. You can't Ain't okay. no half stepping. You can't come with some. You can't come and fake it. You can't c- turn on your computer <laughs> and like play a playlist in front of Jamaica people. You just can't do it. So in Philly, but you've never been to Jamaica. I haven't, but I've I'm a, been a reggae DJ for a, a while now. So this was in Philly, whatever, however many years ago in the aughts. Um, people I, say the Philadelphia crowds are the hardest on the DJs. Would you agree with that? I don't know. I had DJ nights there, and I never had any problems. I've had way more problems in Pittsburgh getting people out than I ever did in Philly. But, like, in terms of if people are there, they're very judgmental. Like, if you don't have it, they'll let you know in Philly. You don't agree with I never had that problem, so I guess... Well, I, you just have it, then. I guess... I don't know. I don't I don't think I have it, because people don't come to my nights here, so... <laughs> you know what I mean? After well, this. After this. We'll see. It's going to be like a, you know, line around the block, like Ari Cole. <laughs> yeah, shout out. Shout out, Slappers. Shout out, Slappers. Those guys do it, man. Like, I can't compete, so I appreciate it. Respect. You know, enough but respect. So this is my thing. So this song, you I can played, twerk to reggae. I sorry. played this. I was DJing with some guys, they, like some Jamaican guys. They invited me out, and I was the opener. It was at this club off Spring Garden Street in Philadelphia. That's where a lot of the clubs are, and I don't remember the name of the club. But these guys were. They did the weekly radio reggae radio show in in Philly, like on the college radio, Roger Culture, and some of those guys. And I forget all the guys that were there. But they had me coming open, and I didn't understand at that time for Ray because I was a hip hop DJ. I wanted to come out. I'm going on early, you know. Ray, Jamaicans come out late, man. So I went on early, like midnight or something. And I had all my boys came out, like my guy. I, you know, I had a squad in Philly. You had to have it roll deep, or you'd get beat up. So I had my squad there. We're all there hanging out, and I'm DJing. And I'm gonna. I was like, I want my strategy is like play the bangers. Shit that I bought on vinyl, like the newest stuff. Yeah. They wanted me to play the Roots stuff, which now, in hindsight, I knew that. Like the opening DJ plays Roots and old school reggae. Yeah. I didn't have that knowledge back then. I I was getting the new shit, and so I'm like, I'm going to play the dance hall bangers. I got in trouble for playing this early in the night. When this came out, this song, I played this early. And they were not happy about it. And I understand why now. I should have done... I didn't know, you know? Now I know. You play you play Roots, you play, you know, Studio One, you play the early hits. And then later in the night, they played a dance hall. And so I played this early when this came out. It's a big tune. And now I know... This is a survival story. Oh, I like this. True get a story. I remember this is my days. story. Let's go. Real get a story. Let's go. Hey. I remember those days when hell was my home When me and mama bed was a big piece of foam And me never like bathed and my ear never come When mama gonna work me go street for Rome I remember when Danny them get my snow cone And make him lick a bread of them kick up Jerome I remember when we visit them with pure big stone And the boy Danny pop out something with full chrome I remember when we run but I get him knee blown And my best friend Richie get doing I'm down I remember Sunny Avenue turning a war zone And Mikey mother fly out cause she get alone But Mikey got too far in and got on Al Capone Make one leap of money and send me no one No one we all love the city and that is well known Yesterday Mikey called me from my phone, phone. Me say Mikey We go, we go, we go, we go <laughs> So yeah, I just like 
I just stop it there because sometimes, like when I'm DJing, like I'll just play this just to like clear the dance she floor. Girl because, with like, the wickedest laugh. It's, it's so I wanna hard, one, dude. Two, three, how and Baby Sham. She wanna one, two, on, three, on, three, Sham. That's the same story. rhythm, right? With a different, that's the other version. Uh, she wanna. That's Beanie Man's no, version. No, different, different. Rhythm. Are you sure? This is the '85 rhythm, man. This is. You sure? It's a desperate scenario. You know There's what I'm a bunch about? of great songs. Wickedest on Slam. She wanna go song. with the wickedest it's slam. Like, she no, wanna one, no, two, three. Different, different rhythm. Are you sure? Yes. But oh, uh, fuck. This song is so hard, and it still bangs to this day. And you can play this in Jamaica, and people will go. Even though I haven't been there, it'll it'll pop off. But I played it too early when that first came out. Yeah, like I bought yeah, this. That's seven inch when jam. that came out and like and those guys were right and i didn't know and i was pissed <laughs> that they like were mad at me um i love this so much you know so i got a couple more just jams to play and um so one uh let me do i i got one that's kind of i don't want to bring the story down so I'll, uh, let me just play this i said i had doubles but i'm not gonna do the i'm not gonna juggle right hey now. rigel what's up dude hi so you ready for bath and bed come on Come on over, dude. You can listen. I, I, it was at my house. My son will be on the podcast. Come on over, dude. He's working on his Legos. All right. Keep it rolling. All right. So this one. So I went to see Bounty Killer in Trenton, New Jersey, about this time that this, 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 this drop leaf rhythm. This is like an ultimate reggae dance hall rhythm and this came out in you know i don't even remember the year but i'm gonna say 2005 ish wow maybe early. just look at that case you gotta bring that out jesus look how beat that is i, I fucking have love it so I, was gonna, I was gonna try and juggle but uh i think we're just gonna listen to the one song because we're running out of time but so we can juggle but, let um, me juggle them <laughs> let me juggle them i won't scratch anything come yeah, on go ahead you want to come try yeah but, um, Absolutely. But so I went to see, but the story, I brought this because I want to tell the story that I saw Bounty Killer in Trenton, New Jersey, whenever about the time that this rhythm came out. And he wasn't traveling. I guess the promoter didn't pay for him to travel his own selector or DJ. Mm -hmm. And so they just had the house DJ or whatever. And so Bounty Killer was like, we listened to the opening act and I forget who it was. It was, a, it was good. It was a good show. It was a good good crowd like it wasn't anything of that it was a good crowd it was a hood bar in trenton but it was a great crowd and um and bounty killer comes up you know tall lanky jamaican killer angry you know what i mean and uh so he starts going through his tunes and the dj that they had just he's, he's asking for the rhythms and he's not playing the right rhythm man he's like the dj and the bounty killer are not on the same page and he's like Play the drop leaf rhythm, man. You know what I mean? Like, cause he's asking him to play the rhythms and he's like not playing the right one. And I'm like, play the effing rhythm. Like, cause I have these records and I'm there to see Bounty Killer. I'm a huge super fan. And I'm playing the effing rhythm. You know, yelling at the DJ because the bounty killer is telling him what rhythm to yeah, play. Yeah, you had him playing right. The playing, I was like, let me up there. I'll Did you play have them? the right one? Yeah, because I had to drop leaf. He's asking for the drop leaf. Uh, I'm gonna play this in a second because let me finish the story and then I'll play the rhythm. Killer fucking walks. Sorry, he walks off the stage. He's heard it all. 
He walks off the stage because wow. he's so pissed about the DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he leaves and he walks. So he did a couple tunes. Like wow. it was worth my money. He did a couple tunes. Yeah. But he, but he was walked mad. off the stage and walked through the crowd and left. Wow. Like, and that's like killer. And you know, when you hear about Bonnie Killer, they like, killer angry, killer vexed. Like he was vexed. He was mad and he left. But this was the tune that the DJ couldn't play. And I'm like, come on, man. You can't play the rhythm. And this is one of his Sincerely, sincerely. I know she can hear me Hold on, hold on so When you mess up the speed You gotta pull it up oh, <laughs> I had the seven inches on But yeah Always pull it sincerely, up Sincerely I know she can hear me and this is one of his sing song From my heart I'm saying I'm sorry my dear Way down I'm sorry for all the wrong I've done And all the pain I've caused But two hearts become one And that's a bond I need you in my life Not as a memory I need you to be there to journey. He's like my love attorney. Huh. My eyes can see more clear. As long as you're standing there. Seems like I'm in a dream. Our things are the way they seem. Sorry if I treat you bad. Or if I ever make you sad. Didn't mean to get so mad. You're the best thing I ever had. I don't know what to do I'm so in love with you I hurt you, yes it's true But I got a few words for you It's okay, it's alright I'm gonna make it on the morning flight I'm gonna do all the things you like Like champagne and candlelight light. Touch your body when the mood is right, right Make you tingle with the light and later on in the night We gonna make love till morning light Baby don't let love go, mister let love stay I want us to be together till we old and grey Don't leave me in this sorrow nor in dismay A reply from you would simply make my day I was a fool to make ship up and go away No lonely is the price that I got to pay I guess I gotta be the player everybody want me to be That you want me to be That's the drop leaf. Like, you like it? Oh, hold on. Oh, okay. Hold on. Come back. Yes, I love it. Cause my son, my son would say the same thing. Love till morning. Put it back on, Dad. Baby, don't let love go. We said let love stay. I want us to be together till we old and gray. Don't leave me in this sorrow nor in dismay. A reply from you would simply make my day. I was a fool to make ship up and go away. No lonely is the price that I got to pay. I guess I gotta be the player everybody want me to be. That you want me to be. And I couldn't get to see the things that you want me to see. That you want me to see. see. I want you in my life. turn my son into a break dancer. I love it. Hell yeah. You're dizzy, bro. Yeah. I'm tired and dizzy. I'm glad that you like that. It's a classic reggae dude. This is drop All this DJ had to do was just play the re- play the record. Maybe he didn't have it though. He didn't know. I don't know. I guess like I wasn't in, maybe it was pressure. Don't you think it's on Bounty Killer though to like have a DJ that has the records ready? Well, hold it's kind of his fault, right? The D- I don't know. The promoter. Should- 
Yeah. It's cheaper to bring one artist than to pay for the he didn't have the right. Yeah, he didn't. Do right. Fair enough. Blame the blame the promoter. I'm always down to blame the promoter, Kev. Hey man, <laughs> I'm a I'm a prom- I try to be a promoter. I was gonna play Never Gonna Be the Same Again because I lost a lot of homies, but I Oof. think I don't want to bring down the vibe. Let's see it, buddy. All right, so we're gonna here. Do we this go. One. experience you're looking good man your headstands are starting to look really good yo that was so awesome yo i can't wait for you to come over and play with wyatt man he would be doing the same thing my son named Wyatt. you think you met him at <laughs> Wyatt's cool as hell dude when um did the nature hike dude it's no it's literally no surprise that kid is cool as hell man look at look at pops look Thanks, at his man. family dude seriously it's unbelievable Thanks, like i always feel that way no surprise bro no surprise what um what should people do if they want to join the movement? Uh, oh, yeah, find please, you on the internet because we got a roots reggae thing and hip hop going. I'm doing the hip hop thing, but the roots reggae movement, myself, um, uh, root sessions, Jake B, uh, Frankie G, Joey B sides. Um, trying to think of the other uh, DJ Sizzla from Green Rose, he's doing those roots too. So, yeah, follow me on Instagram. I'm at Kev underscore reason, um, the Rasta Roger Klotz. <laughs> My boy Bonanza, rest in peace, he said I was like the bully from Doug. And then my old roommate sent me a meme of or a, a, a <laughs> avatar of uh, uh, Roger Klaus, the bully from Doug, with a mesh mariner and a big spliff. So, 
Amen. Amen, brother. Yo, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Let's get a picture real quick. Yeah, man. What do you want to drink? You want to yeah, need some water? This is DJ Wabi Sabi, and if you're listening to this, you're a fucking badass because you listen to the Dr. Gold podcast. Bad motherfucking shit. But my main point is I just want to wish everybody happy Honda days, happy Toyotathon, whichever you celebrate, uh, with Tashiwa and Natakasuki this. Love yins. Wabi Sabi. Bye. Yeah. This is Tony Clifton, and you're listening to Dr. Gold. No, actually, this is Lexa Terrestrial. <laughs> and you're listening to Dr. Gold, and you better keep listening, because I, I got my eye on you.